South Connection. It's Friday, and for the 22nd time, you know what that means. It's time for the AEW podcast. Welcome to You Know What That Means, the AEW show here at North South Connection. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Duncan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Reich. Andrew, 22 episodes, man. How are we? How are we still on the air? I don't know. Like, uh, like remember WrestleMania 22 was the last one in an arena. We have to go big venue after this. Okay, we'll go up to so, my mom's house up north. <laughs> so we're gonna have to re- we're gonna have to record from large venues. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I went up to my mom lives a couple hours north of me. I went up there for the Fourth of July. She's got a nice big house. We had like four wheelers and a swimming pool and fireworks, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but bad Wi-Fi. So I I think we might have to rethink that one. So. Yeah, you Usenet Usenet is not all elite yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Michigan is like we call it the mitten state because you know it's shaped like a mitten, mm-hmm. and um, the cell phone uh, provider up there is called Thumb Thumb something. I think it's just called Thumb because it's up in the Thumb is where my mom lives. The Thumb of Michigan. Okay. Yeah, but the cell phone like you know like AT and T, Sprint, Nextel, or whatever Nextel, but. Uh, there's there's a place up there called Thumb. <laughs> that's yeah. That's, I remember I remember when they had um, the Nokia Sugar Bowl in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. The irony is that back then the 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 Wi-Fi pickup wasn't strong enough. So the irony is that if you had a Nokia phone and you were in the Superdome for the Nokia Sugar Bowl, your phone didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, that was the curse of the palace um, with the Pistons and old wrestling shows out in the palace. It was mm-hmm. like the a total dead zone for cell phone and Wi-Fi. Like not just Wi-Fi, but you couldn't make calls either. Like cell phone. You know what? You know horrible. what would be cool? What if they did a wrestling show? Kind of like you know how they do those comedy troops where they do like they do secret stand-ups and nobody knows about it because they're working on material. What if they just turned off the Wi-Fi in 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 a, in a oh. building for a wrestling show and nobody knew what happened unless you saw it? Yeah. Oh, but you know people would be mad. Like I can't live tweet this. Rah! They should. They should call it AW airplane mode. <laughs> airplane. <laughs> that would actually be pretty awesome. Like. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you, though, because, Andrew, I was at the uh, recent tapings of Dynamite and Rampage and Dark Elevation. What? Yeah. Um, fans don't really listen to the rules because uh, prior to going on the air for Dynamite, they gave, like, lengthy. I want to say it's like, two to three minute, like, Excalibur running down. Uh, fans, <laughs> please keep in mind of the other fans. It's not not just you. Um, obviously, I'm paraphrasing here. But they say, please don't curse. Please don't mock someone's religion, gender identity, sexuality, blah, 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 blah. And then within five minutes of the show being on the air, the entire crowd was chanting F-bombs at uh, Dan Lambert. So... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't they have that? Didn't they have? I mean, we'll talk about blood and guts, but didn't they have that moment where Claudio and uh, and Jake Hager had that that short, like, little like reunion mm-hmm. of where they were head to head, and you start hearing "We the People," which yep. was their their thing in uh, WWE back in like 2014 or 13. Yep. But if you hear "We the People" now, I'm looking for Viking hats and gas masks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if they brought a gas mask out, John Moxley would quit on the spot. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I'm not going back to that mud show. You know, this is my hot take. I think Vince was ahead of his time on that one. Because, like, about a year later, the COVID thing happened. And it was like, these filthy, disgusting freaks. <laughs> full of disease. <laughs> it could have actually worked. Maybe that but guy. But then he, he just made him look like Bane. Maybe that guy at the Capitol was just a big Berserker fan. <laughs> I don't know. I but don't you know, know WrestleMania, WrestleMania 22 is uh, was in Chicago, and yep. we kind of circled back, but we weren't in 
they weren't in Allstate Arena, which I bet would have been a nice spot, but they got even bigger. They went to the United Center. Yeah. We had one of our own there. Yes. Mr. Steve Willie uh, of our sister network, The Place to Be uh, podcast. Uh, mainstay on main event, although you haven't heard him for a while. Uh, Steve is doing a lot of life stuff. Uh, last I heard, his son won one of their travel tournaments. Uh, Steve also texted me with... Uh, all the comings and goings of the parents on those travel tournaments. Steve might be the only sane dad on the trip, which will leave him more insane than any of them. When you get to that AAU level type of basketball, it gets serious. Oh, yeah. dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My son uh, was on like a travel basketball team for one year, but it was like, it was like the our, our local high school like kind of handpicked some kids and it wasn't like legit AAU team and they put us in like a legit tournament. Oh, we got ran out the gym, dude. It was, it was. Rough. You weren't going to the. You were going to the Peach Jam. No, oh, no, no, no. It was. We, we made a lot of highlight reels, but we were the one getting dunked on and crying afterwards. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that clip of Zion Williamson in high school with the white guy on him, and he's like, "Yeah, who's this guy?" Yeah, yeah. It's like, was that your team? What, what would you say is better, that clip, or have you seen Derrick Henry when he was in high school playing football? I have never seen oh, that clip. Oh, when that we get off, real. when we get off, look up okay. Derrick Henry High School. It's like I've seen Reggie. I've seen Reggie Bush's. That was nuts. Derrick Henry's is is crazier because he's like the size that he is now, but he was playing against tenth grade kids. <laughs> and then if you watch that thirty for thirty really carefully, there's some old footage of Chris Weber in high school, and he played in um, private school. Yeah, country day. And he he was just killing kids. It was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, kids named like Lucius and Lance. And stuff like that. Let's like, pass the ball. What would be like? I just read about OBW getting a Netflix deal. Like, what? What would be the best? Like, what would be the funniest? Like, big time main event talent going to basically one of those lesser than feeder system promotions and just wreaking havoc. Like, what? Do, what would be your favorite one to watch? Oh, you put me on the spot there. Um, I would it's- say. Like like all time or just currently like like currently all time. it could happen. Okay. All time I would love to see like Vader go up against some of these like promotions where the, the heavyweight champ is hundred and forty five pounds and he just starts punching <laughs> eyeballs out of sockets. And NXT UK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Vader he goes up against NXT Tyler Bate and punches hilarious. his mustache lit- legitimately off of his face. <laughs> And we love Tyler Bate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that would be great to see. I mean, <laughs> Walter would have to come back as the home, as the avenging homecoming hero. That'd be something. Who, who's Walt? Who's Walter? Uh, so he used to be Walter. Now his name, I think, is uh, the coffee shop guy from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Gunter. Yeah. Gunter. <laughs> He's oh. lost a ton of weight, man. Yeah, but... I saw a picture of him recently because I don't watch WWE very often. Like. If if I'm home on a Friday or Monday with nothing else to do, if I'm not playing video games, I'll I'll and, turn and it I on. And I get the I get the system there. Like you got to sacrifice certain things that sure. you might not envision for yourself in order to get a push. You know, theory ugh, had to do the same thing, but he's young and he's he's got a future. You know, the street profits had to kind of like change their physique a little bit, and now they're getting a push. Like I understand it, but I don't like the whole idea of like we want to mold you into what we want. Um, sure. it just, it's always bothered me, but maybe it's hypocritical. Cause they, you know, AEW does the same where it's like, you know, I think 
this would probably work if we went this way instead of that way. Maybe the performer doesn't agree with it, but it gets over. So I think the difference in philosophies is like WWE kind of wants everyone not necessarily to, to homogenize everyone so they're void of personality, but so that like anyone can be in the ring with anyone and they kind of have the same style of match. Like a WWE matches, WWE matches, WWE match. Whoever's in the ring. Now the quality varies based off who it is, but really the the way it's paced and structured and set up doesn't change very much based off who's in there. Whereas AEW, like I think that a Darby Allen match does feel different than a Hangman Page match. You know, would you say that's fair? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like like um it, like they they have a difference in style. Yeah, like, and sometimes there's a styles clash. And I think what WWE does is they don't ever want to have a Styles Clash, you know, a, an actual Styles Clash, not like an AJ Styles Styles Clash. <laughs> and I get that, but sometimes there's like some beauty in that weird Styles Clashing, you know, like a Lucha guy up against like uh, uh, Steven Regal in WCW, where it's clear like they're like not used to working with each other, but it I, almost I adds some say, realism to it, you know? I have to say with Forbidden Door, they all kind of felt the same, and I think it was on purpose. Because yeah, I would agree there. You see them, it was, a, it was New Japan versus All Japan. It was at... I, we were right on a couple things that we previewed. It was an AEW production. It had the whole... Mm-hmm. It didn't have the camera zooms that you see in New Japan, other than the Great Okada, like, uh, zoom out, which, I mean, you knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. But, like... It looked like an AEW production, but if you look at the booking, if you look at the the winners, if you look at the styles, it's very much it was very much like a show that Gato would have booked, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was, I I really enjoyed the show. Was it like like let me just say this? So let's just go with the four the core four <laughs> uh, in AEW. Um, was it better than Double or Nothing? Oh yeah, well, slight. Uh, and for me, slightly. You're saying much more than that. Yeah, because Double or Nothing to me really suffered from the the length. Like there was a point Double or Nothing where I'm like, I'm done. You know, it just felt too long. Yeah, yeah. It was a good show. It just felt it, too long. It, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Revolution, no way. Um, mm-hmm. Full Gear, probably not. All Out, hell no. No, like so. This one is kind of on the lower tier of the pay-per-views, the th- buy rate shows. I think we're, but... it'll it'll slot above full gear in the long run because it will be more remembered because of the uniqueness of it, uh, mm-hmm. of the cross-promotion. Whereas full gear, like, it'll take me a minute to even think of what that main event was, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, we'll, being we'll talk about it. results, but would you like to see another one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that there's... Some very valid criticisms that I've seen online is I think that if they did another one, I think they could do a lot better job on their TV of helping fans understand who the New Japan guys are. They really just kind of assumed viewers knew, and I knew some of them, but even, I'll be honest, I didn't know like I didn't know nothing about Will Ospreay's goons, like the Aussie Open. I've never seen them before. No, I didn't. I didn't know, you know? Shingo was like a big star in New Japan at all. Right? Yeah, he's kind of like so you know like Drew McIntyre and, and John Moxley were like the the COVID champions. Yes. Shingo was kind of like that, like, but that was more 2021, um, when when New Japan was kind of like they, they weren't empty arena, but I think they were like 2,000 seats for all their shows, and like yeah. so Shingo got the Drew McIntyre, John Moxley carry the company during this very very weird time. Uh, you're never gonna succeed at this, <laughs> you know. Type yeah, thing. like, and they're and they're making a big deal, like, oh man, these New Japan wrestlers that now that Forbidden Door is over, all they do is talk about AEW. Uh, like, maybe they just want to go there. No, they want to wrestle in front of fans. Like, they, you <laughs> right. know, Japan's been so conservative with COVID, like that they just haven't been able to, you know, wrestle in front of people. Yeah. And now there's now you got Tanahashi and, and Okada, it's a huge crowd, and yeah. 
they were in front of what fifteen thousand people. That's a huge freaking crowd, and it right. looked it if yeah. you watched it. It did, it did, especially like the pan out with the the rainmaker and stuff like that. When you see everybody, like it's cool. Um, yeah, uh, perfect timing, Andrew, to to let everybody know that we are a biweekly show, which means we don't give you recaps of every every hammer lock and every chop and every move. Uh, if you're looking for that, um, we're not the show for you. We just kind of like to offer our opinions as fans. Uh, and we're going to talk about Forbidden Door. I mean, just because it's a little bit in the rear view doesn't mean we're going to pretend like it never happened. Uh, this is our first time together talking about it outside of text messaging, of course. Right. Um, but we're also going to try and look forward and see what's moving forward. And we're just kind of here to really just talk AEW. We're not really a news show or a results show. We're just an AEW show. Uh, two guys talking in the moment about what happened and what we think is going to happen and what we liked and what we didn't like. And I think it's safe to say we like it more than we don't don't like it. Uh, I don't think we're like blind fanboys. There's definitely some criticisms we can give. You, you um, know what MJF would call us? <laughs> Mid? <laughs> Fucking marks! <laughs> <laughs> I, I would think mid, but you know, maybe... <laughs> it depends on how yeah. Oh my gosh. I saw a clip of MJF and it's older. This dude, man... Always in character. Mm-hmm. So have you seen – you've seen clips of him like at autograph signings where he's just full yes, healed I people? Yes, I have. Yeah. So you got to track this one down, and I'll just tell you what happens. It's a kid in a wheelchair comes up to him and tries to outheal – and he tries to outheal him. Like the kid's okay. like trying to give be a heel right back to him, like throwing insults, and MJF's insulting him back. And MJF goes, oh, fine. Okay. You think you're so good? Do this. And he stands up. <laughs> That's it. So, brutal. It's so brutal. <laughs> but the kid like but, laughs. Like the kid oh, like, oh, laughed like, at it. Yeah. You know. But oh like, my remember, god. Remember he had that promo where he talked about being the ADD riddled Jew boy. But <laughs> you know he was picked on. He knows how it feels. Right. You know. So like he he gets it. When it come, in terms of like MGF at this present moment, there's still there there's still got the the cloud of secrecy. Like yeah. Tony Khan is still saying in the skir- the the press scrums. Uh, no, I'm not talking about MJF. Right. So it's almost like persona non grata. Right. And clearly it's on purpose. Um, there's definitely some sort of grand plan. It's just he just hasn't Trump. He hasn't like thrown that Trump card. My, down yet. my belief is it's on pause until CM Punk can return, because I think MJF's plans tie in directly with CM Punk's involvement. And CM and... Punk's plans now tie directly to John Moxley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so let's I mean, that's a great uh, segue. Let's get right into the Forbidden Door, which was the pay-per-view that we uh, saw just a little less than two weeks ago, uh, the New Japan AEW cross-promotional event. Uh, quick thoughts. Obviously, we thought it was a good show, not the best show of the year. Um, I thought the pacing was way better than uh, Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, not, they, they cut a lot of fat. Yeah. It was pretty much good wrestling. I even like the opener with the with the with the six man. Like mm-hmm. and that's a that's a classic and New Japan trope. They start when they have super shows like Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion, they always start off with like a trios match or an eight man match because they have so many factions in a in uh well in AEW too. Right. But in Japan. So they had, you know, Jericho the uh Jericho Appreciation Society and Suzuki yep. against Wheeler Yuta, Kingston, and Shota Umino. Yep. And I thought it was actually pretty good. It was longer than I expected. A lot of these matches went around 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. It was pretty good. Like you said, it was long. Uh, I think it was the result we both expected, too. We thought 
I mean, we, we got that right. We thought Jericho was going to win there because he was going to lose at the Blood and Guts, which that also happened as well. So, uh, right. Shota Umino uh, kind of had some shine here. There was a moment where he was like the last one standing on his team, uh, and he kind of had to fight and fight and fight and, you know, just couldn't quite He was the it. young boy. He, yep. was the one, he was the one who was going to get picked on. Yeah, and he, he also he had Wheeler Yuta, as you predicted, Wheeler Yuta getting just... Hundreds of chops from Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. yeah, man, that crowd loves Wheeler Yuta. Like mm-hmm. every time he's on, he gets. I mean, you know what? What helps? He's got a chantable name. You know that that's <laughs> like Yuda, Yuda. That's so easy to chant. You know, I yes. think that's that's underrated. It's like aspect. Eddie. It's so easy to mm-hmm. chant Eddie. Yep. You know, I agree. And um, and I'll get this out of the way. Just uh, and we don't really have to talk about too much more about it. Um. And maybe maybe we are shouting out our former PTBN brethren. Mm-hmm. I thought the combination of Excalibur, Taz, and Kevin Kelly was awesome. I thought like, so, too. I thought they hit everything. Kevin Kelly was definitely in his mode with his New Japan catchphrases, and he knew the moves. He's seen the matches. He knew what was coming. I felt like he helped Taz or, and even JR, when he would pitch in, set up for the whatever was coming that you know, for people who weren't familiar with the New Japan wrestlers. Yeah. And then Excalibur would come in and basically do play-by-play. He's kind of playing the Mike Tanay role, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, here's this guy who knows these guys better than anyone. And I think he right. did it really, really well. Yeah, he's the professor. Yeah. Professor Kevin Kelly. <laughs> uh, do we want to hit anything in the buy-in? I don't think anything that eventful happened. Um, no, I just didn't yeah. understand why they had Lance Archer and Nick Conrad. I know Archer's part of New Japan. So I, uh, I think but... the reason why is specifically because he's in the G1 tournament. And he's okay. like he's like the AEW guy that's in the G1. So I think they just wanted to get him a win um, more for Swerve New Japan look, viewers. Swerve looked really good yep. in that tag match. Yep. And um, the acclaimed were way over. Dude. Like way over. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> listen. It's on tape. Listen! You to, yeah, you can go to the archives. <laughs> this has been an acclaimed positive show for several episodes. We've been on that train for a while now. They arrived a long time ago. <laughs> yep. If anything, if anything, the Bowens injury like was a blessing in disguise because it gave them that time off to like, I don't know, just polish their yeah, ass. polish like yeah. go on dark for a while and come back out. And I think even pairing them up with the guns is like been perfect. It's wild. Also gave some in ring shine to Caster because that was his weakness. Yeah, not a great in ring performer. Yeah, yeah. Got Anthony Bowens was always more. the better one. Yeah. Yeah, and is Caster perfect in the ring? Of course not, no. but he's not terrible. No, he's not. You know? Yeah, so. But that was it on the buy-in. Yeah, I mean, Lance, there was like four or five matches and nothing really to write home. I thought Al Desperado looked pretty good, too, in the Keith Lee-Strickland match. He was very different than a lot of the other guys where, like, he went right after the leg constantly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyways. Uh, next match we had was the triple threat for the... IWGP heavyweight tag titles, but I think also the Ring of Honor tag titles. All the ti- yeah. titles were on the line. Yeah, and then the AAA tag team titles, which we've all forgotten that they had because yeah. they have so many titles. Talking about FDR. Which, it's kind of funny. Like, the AAA guys weren't allowed to be on the show because AAA wouldn't let, like, Andrade uh, or Ray Phoenix, I think, on the show, but the, their tag belts were defended. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right, it's like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, what did you think of the uh, Dax Harwood Paul Pierce act? Oh, dude, that was that was really good, and uh, it was really good in the sense like the live crowd. I think they really seemed to think that he was hurt. Like, I think that the the crowd bought into it. Um, like, really thought like he might have gotten. The- the way AEW's going, he probably was hurt. I know he's almost <laughs> he's almost like KT tape money mummy at this point. Like, 
but yeah, I thought it was really well done. Like the oh, Dax is hurt. Uh, there was a couple times where Wheeler was like close to making the hot tag, but t- Dax wasn't there, and so he had uh, to tag in somebody else. That yeah. was a great spot. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Dax, of course, came back and. Uh, Ring of Honor, the belt collectors now have, uh, between them, since they're all tag belts, six belts. Uh, Ring of Honor, IWGP, and the AAA tag belts, and their tag champs are two guys they're very familiar with. uh, So I'm thinking all out we're going to be looking at another unification match with the Bucks. That's what I think. Um, (laughs) They should just call it AEW all unification. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, that's where we're. That seems to be where we're headed. I, I think so too, and I think FTR will win it. And just just for that image of them holding, you know, four belts each, each guy with I think two that belts on each. Tony Khan's uh, counter to having so many championships. How about I just give all the championships to a few people? <laughs> Listen, Nobody I know we've got twenty five belts, but FTR has seventeen of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're headed. Right, right. But the match itself was fine. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Great Okan, who had looked bad when he debuted on Dynamite, was inoffensive. Like, I wouldn't say he was oh, he was awesome. But he didn't do no. anything that made me, like, cringe or anything. Rapongi like Vice is solid. They're yeah. never bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, that match was good. Um, uh, this is one we both got wrong. Uh, I thought Miro was a dead set lock to win this, uh, the All-Atlantic Championship. And it was a surprise. Pac won, which uh, I thought was a cool surprise. Uh, Pac beat Miro, Malachi Black, and then another surprise was uh, Ishii uh, was replaced last minute by a guy named Clark Connors. Yeah, um, I looked him up. He's a very young guy, yep, yep. and uh, he thought he looked okay. Yeah, and you know what? He he was winning the crowd over like near the end. Like the crowd was getting into him. Um, we both knew he was there to take the pin, though, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes, um, for sure. But this match was good. I will say. I kind of thought this would be like the show stealing match of the night, and it wasn't that level. No, but. it was it was very good, but it wasn't like, oh my god, I can't like. There's one later that we'll talk about, but like yeah. There, yeah. there there wasn't a mid, it wasn't a mid card match where I'm like, man, you need to stop and watch that one. Like I can tell you, skip Agreed. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Um, I think also coming out of that interesting is that um, before the finish, Malachi Black uh, gave uh, Miro the corrupted miss, so. Uh, I wonder if that means those two are going to be facing off against each other, Miro against the House of Black. Um, that yes. could be that could be interesting. Do you think Miro's God practices in the dark arts? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I think he's uh, uh, he he teaches defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was cool that Pac won. I think it's a nice little reward for a guy who's like a day one AEW guy. Um, right. to, to get a singles belt. Um, he hasn't defended it yet. I was kind of hoping to see him. And one him. with the Brutalizer, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to see him on uh, Dynamite. He was a uh, no-show, but we'll see. Uh, another six-man tag was Sting, Darby, and Chingo. Uh, they beat the Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. Sting is just... How is Sting, like, the most entertaining guy in this company? It's so it's so wild, dude. I don't uh, know. Him, him and Ramps. Yeah. A, a match made in heaven. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like, so they come out and was it Darby and Shingo came out and Sting wasn't with them, right? Correct. Well, they played Sting's music and he didn't, he doesn't come out, which is usually like the tell that he's been beaten up backstage. Yes. But then the, what's going on? What's wrong type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Then the heels come out and Sting just dives off the tube onto these dudes. Like, and then man, Sting no selling the double super kick. 
like leaning back almost like a Dracula type thing and then coming forward is insane. Like I, I can't believe how well they book Sting still. Like this guy is awesome. You and I are definitely as we as as MJF would call us effing marks no, for yeah. the the oh. young bucks. Like they just even oh, yeah. if it's like ten minutes, thirteen minutes, thirty minutes, mm-hmm. like they're going to have a really fun, entertaining match. The thing that kind of surprised me is that Excalibur said that that's the first time Darby Allen and the Young Bucks have wrestled each other. Wow. So I did not know that. But um and I they didn't interact that much. I didn't really care for El Fal Phantasma. Uh, I no. thought he was just okay. I like Desperado in the buy-in better. Um, yeah. Like, I guess maybe he wouldn't... And, and Shingo was... I mean, we've seen him in Dragon Gate back in the day. Like, he's, oh, he's yeah. terrific. Shingo's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And he got the finish. He yep. got the pinfall. Yeah, very good match. Um, uh, Before we go to the next match, there was a backstage thing where Jericho fireballed Shota Umino because he is a wizard. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then we had a women's match. Uh, what'd you think of this one? Thunder Rosa beat Tony Storm. Okay. The thing, yeah. the sad thing is that Tony Storm's had better matches on television. I agree. So I, I think both of these women have the same criticism for me in that they're good with the right opponent, but when they're left to lead a match, they get lost, it seems like. Yeah, I think they got lost in the finish. I, I, think I that, agree. I think Storm wasn't supposed to kick out of the, the Thunder Driver. What do you think of Tony Storm? Just give me, do you like her? I, I like her when she's allowed to like basically have her offense because she's she's got that rapid fire offense down yeah. the stretch of matches. But the beginning of the matches, even the one on Rampage against Nyla Rose Nyla. that made it ended, it was a bore until yeah. they get to the end. Yeah, you know. I was gonna say but the same thing. Like her too. offense is really hard hitting. Like yeah, like you said, stiff. That, that hip his shot in the corner, like mm-hmm. it always looks brutal. Like and I don't yeah, know it how comes at full velocity. Yeah, yeah. And, and her pile driver that she just. Like, she doesn't set up, like, a lot of times people lift for the pile driver and sit and wait. Hers is like a quick, swift motion where she just falls on her butt and pile drives him. It looks... But her fan response is good. Yeah. Like, I feel like the fans do enjoy her. Yeah, but but she's she's pretty sloppy, though. I think, like, in, in between, she's got, like, she's got pieces, but there's some pieces missing at the same time. Isn't it hilarious how sometimes... Well, maybe... I don't want to begrudge Mick Foley. He's one of my favorites. Because I, I was about to say, well, like, two like sloppy wrestlers, like... Mick Foley and the Nasty Boys, you would think, oh, this is going to be a, right. a car wreck. But it's like an amazing match. But I should give more credit to Mick Foley being a genius. Yeah. But um, whereas this one, we don't have geniuses at work. We have people <laughs> who know how to stiff each other, how to do head-dropping moves, and how to like um, how to counter with like submission moves when they don't have anything going for them, like yeah. when there's like dead time. Right. I, I also think Thunder Rosa like wears her emotions on her sleeve, and you can tell when she's like frustrated mid-match. Um, and I think it gets to her a little too much, like when things aren't going precise or stuff like that. So I don't know. True. Yeah. But, uh, we go from that to, <laughs> Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy. Is this your match of the night? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, actually I'll take it back. It was the second oh, favorite. Yep, I know what yours was. I, I would say the general response was this one though. Um, yours is a little different, but I think the, the general fan response seems to be this one was a banger. Um, there are some people that were surprised, like, oh, Orange Cassidy. I'm like, have you guys not been watching this dude? <laughs> like, He's always been terrific. Yeah. I mean, the, the popularity is, is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the ring, he can always go. I mean, the, the most featured feud he had was Jericho. The problem was that, like, first of all, it was at Daly's Place, and, you know, the styles were different very much so between Jericho and Orange, a lot of gimmick stuff. Um, 
and he's done great in multi-man, so yeah. I think he was in that face of the Adam Cole ladder match. Too. Yeah. Yep. But this one was great one-on-one. Like, the fans were feeling it. They had been feeling it before they um they actually locked up. Like, when they teased it, mm-hmm. they knew they knew this was going to be good. I also love that choice of Jane by Jefferson Starship for his entrance. Yeah, so, so pa- apparently I, I read that that was his theme music before AEW. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I, I mean, I read the Pixies that. was a great choice, too. Mm-hmm. But, God, that, I mean... That's a banger of a song for a wrestling theme. <laughs> right. You know? So, yeah, uh, my thought coming out of that is I know that New Japan's contracts are like, like WWE, it's like, oh, they signed Brock to a multi-year deal. I'm pr- pretty sure New Japan is year by year. And I'll tell you what, come January when contracts are up, AEW might want to give Will Ospreay a call and yes. see like, hey, you looking to come stateside for a while? Because this dude could be a big star. That- like, Full yeah. throttle back elbow looks so freaking brutal. Yeah, and when he is, is that the one called the Stormbreaker? No, is that the Hidden the... Blade. The Hidden Blade is the elbow. Oh my god, it looks brutal. Yeah, and when when uh, that didn't put Cassidy away, I think the crowd thought, "Oh my gosh, Orange Cassidy's going to win." I think he then he hit the Stormbreaker. One. Yeah, then yeah. he hit the Stormbreaker and beat him. But man, even like the abdominal stretch where he puts his hand in Cassidy's pocket and pulls out his middle finger, <laughs> like Will <laughs> the Ospreay. Power of the pockets and. You, there was a moment. I mean, there was some great moments. A lot of back and forth. There was one where Orange thought that um, that he had him on, on, on with the beach break, and it didn't yeah. finish. Yeah. And you're like, okay, here we go. Um, Osprey with some. I mean, he he pulled out the classics. I can't believe I'm saying that about Will Osprey. <laughs> but like, you know, he did the Kota Bushi thing where he, or the or the Andrade thing. He he does it too, where you do the moonsault, you land on your feet, you flip again. Yep to try to correct it and but i mean he's just so nimble he can he makes everything just look effortless yeah. you know and he's got he's like the whole package like i mean he's got a good look uh like he, he's well built like i i love his entrance like the the robe slash like cape thing that he wears i think it's just really cool looking like this dude's this dude's got it all you know like yeah i think he's got that bulldog mentality like aj did when he got to wwe of mm-hmm. like I need. I, I can't just be the flippy guy. I need to have a killer instinct. Right. And I think that Osprey definitely got that over with Cassie, where he was getting frustrated because Cassie seemed to be shrugging off everything to start. Yeah. Until things started to get really stiff, and Orange Cassie started fighting back. Yeah. And that's when it started getting really great. Yeah. Great match. Great match. Uh, Shibata shows up after yeah, the match. Yeah. That was wild, and the crowd went nuts because. Like, even when we did our preview, we talked about, like, Naito being left off the show and some of the people subbing out, which uh, Hiromu Takahashi was a late scratch and stuff like that. We didn't even mention Shibata, and, man, Shibata came out. Dude, he looks so happy to be in the ring with Orange Cassidy. For those who don't know, um, uh, Katsuyari Shibata almost died of a brain aneurysm yeah. after a match. Yeah. Uh, he's, the fact he's in a ring is a miracle. Yeah. Uh, he just came back. Was it? I think it was at this past Wrestle Kingdom. He was feuding with a day. Well, it used to be a day Otami. Yeah. He's Kenta. back to Kenta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he had like an exhibition type thing, where it's like no bumps. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's been a slow road back, but like he was um he was an MMA guy all while also being a pro wrestler, and he was like he was. I don't know if you want to call him one of the young lions like Tanahashi, Nokata, and Naito, but. Man, he'd had some great matches when yeah. if you watched them in the earlier days. Oh man, like uh, honestly, one of the best matches he has. Um, there's one against I think it's Ishii, but I, it's hard to watch knowing what happened to him because they would just do these legit shoot headbutts 
like yes. right into each other, and you know that's what contributed greatly, if not ex- entirely. But for to this his one, injury. he just kind of played along with uh, Orange, where he puts shades yeah. on his head. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because he's just like this, this rough, just beat everyone up and take no prisoners, and he's out there with Orange Cassidy grinning and happy, putting on shades and stuff. You know, it's really cool. I'll, I will say thing about one thing about Aussie Open. Um, one of the guys, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, he did uh, uh, Mark Davis. He did a move I've never seen. He gave Rocky Romero uh, one of the dynamites a pop up pile driver. Yeah, like well. he did, like he did the he did the lift up, and he freaking pile drives him. First time I've ever seen that. It's insane. It's insane. Just in a t- random tag match. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Doesn't even get a finish. Um, so then Shibata shows up, and Tony Khan said, "Well, that's not the only person showing up because Claudio Castagnoli." Uh, is what? all is, is he officially all? Elite? I think he is, right? Did they make that? Oh, he is in. Oh, okay. Claudio is in. They they're selling his merch and everything. Yeah, uh, his shirt. That's a cool shirt, by the way. That's something yeah. that Cesaro never really got. Was a cool. Do shirt. Do you want to hear my hot take of this show? Uh, I've, you uh, you've told me you you are free to share it, man. I'll say it. I thought this match was just okay. Okay. Like I didn't think it meshed perfectly between him and Zack Saber yeah. Jr. Well, you know, it was, it was a good match. It, was, it wasn't blow away great. It's tough because. It's clear that it's a Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre thing, because that's what they both wanted. And yes. then you have to sub him out, and you bring in Claudio, but you can't have Claudio lose. So it's almost like, I don't want to say they should have just not had the match. But I wish they would have finished. The way it starts, he smacks him clear, like almost smacked his head off mm-hmm. with a European uppercut. Yeah. Then gives him the equalizer, which was his finisher as Cesaro. Mm-hmm. That should have finished it. I don't know if the crowd would have liked it, but right. I thought that would have been hilarious. Right, but you get what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like a no-win for Zack Sabre Jr. Because, like, you can't have him beat Claudio in his first match in because then you diminish Claudio. But now he's also lost to Danielson's replacement, so the Danielson match might have lost some shine. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe that match will still get a lot of buzz and hype. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I, Did you like the match? I liked it. I liked it. Um, I think Claudio was more impressive the next uh, the next event at Blood and Guts. That deadlift of Zack Saber Jr. where he walks him up the oh, steps. Yeah, that he, dude. He's not human. Like it just <laughs> it's like it, it'd be one thing if a guy like with the frame of like Brock Lesnar did that, and Brock Lesnar might be able to do that. But Claudio's like, I mean, he's muscular and he's got muscles and stuff, but he's you, not you know like who used to always promote him as a top tier strongman, John mm-hmm. Cena. Yeah, who so he needs to work out with him all who's, the time and said who's he's like the strongest that. guy I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. John Cena is probably like the answer for a lot of people that other people would give, you know. Um, but I like the match, um, and I think they could have came out there and farted on each other, and the crowd was going to go nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Saber like, just kept going back to the the submissions. And yeah, Cesar. Oh, I did it, Claudio. <laughs> like he he didn't really go with too many submissions. You know, that's the thing that I found funny where. Danielson was like, he was promoting it as, like, I can't wrestle, but I have found the one, the one who can do all the things I can do. Well, Claudio Castanoli cannot do the submission moves that Brian, yeah, Brian Danielson, Danielson can. Yeah. But That's... he can sure as hell throw him around like a like a sack of potatoes and give him a swing <laughs> for like 20 seconds. I know? think when Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. finally wrestle, I think it'll be 20 minutes. If it's 20 minutes long, it'll be 18 minutes 
on the mat just doing holds. Like, I think that's what they want to do desperately. And there's going to be people who are going to say it's boring, and there's going to be people who say it's not good. But that's what I think that they really want is just to, like, have a wrestling, wrestling match. But don't get me wrong. The match was good. But let me ask you this. This might be a really, like, out-of-nowhere thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's such thing as bad 50-50 booking by having too many matches have equal time and have giving them too much yeah. of an opportunity. Oh no, I'm I totally good. agree with you on that. Yeah. Like Ring of Honor had this problem with Gabe Sapolsky. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and not only that, like I and I think it's a thing that AEW needs to work on. Not just every match is twenty minutes. You know, one a match could be three minutes. Like you said, if Claudio slapped him in the mouth and hit him with the the, the neutralizer or the equalizer and finished him Crowd might have crapped on it, but I know this is going to come out as me saying Rich thinks there needs to be more bad matches in AEW <laughs> <laughs> so that we can balance out the really good ones and make them stand out. No, but like I know what you mean because let, let's read this. Okay, so the main event, eighteen minutes. Uh, the four way match, twenty one minutes. This match, eighteen and a half. Will Osprey, sixteen and a half. Uh, Sting, thirteen. Pac, fifteen. Uh, FTR, sixteen. Opening t- six man, nineteen. Like, for some fans, that's chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. But, you know, for some others, like, depending on the event, depending on the participants of those match times, it could, it might not hit right. Well, I, you know? I honestly think, like, like the Young Bucks could have a seven-minute sprint that would be the match of the night. Look, you know, they don't need to do all, 20 I've minutes. Always, I've always kept this in the back of our, like, archives just as a question, but I'll just throw it to you. Mm-hmm. What is harder to do, a great long match or a great short match? Uh, I, I think it's, hmm. it's hard. It's a hard question. Isn't I think, it? okay, let's, uh, there's a couple ways to answer it. I think if you have a storyline built in, I think it's harder to have a great short match because if you have a storyline built in, then it going longer, you can add to your story. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. A culmination of a feud. I think it was just two random dudes being booked on a, on a show. I think I would say the opposite. It might be harder to have a longer match. I think a great short match is harder because the margin of error is so small. That's true. Like, yeah. you can't waste a second. Yeah, that's you know? fair. I, I know for, for years and years and years, people would credit, uh, I think it's Owen Hart and the 123 Kid at yeah, like the 1994 King, King of the Ring. It mm-hmm. was like, what, five minutes long, if that? Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio had, I mean, it's literally in the 2K video game. Yeah. It's like five-star classic all the time. You know how long the match is? It was like nine About, minutes, wasn't it? 11 minutes? Like 11 to 14 minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Just to show how great they were. No, but I'm, I'm with you. I think there is something to um, – not every match – not every guy has to have the same amount of time. And I even think you could also add in uh, – as the show progresses, the stakes rise. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if the opening six-man has five kickouts at 2.99999, then when the main event has it, mm, you know. And, when I, <laughs> and I'll bring it back to New Japan. You know who's great at that? Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. You watch it, short – Longer, longer, twenty minutes for the new for the junior heavyweight match. Oh, this one is like this the semi main. That's twenty five minutes. Main event thirty to thirty five minutes. Like yep. it sort of builds you to that point. It crescendos. Yep. Whereas this one, like we could just get back to Claudio and um, Saber. Like was it too long? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Especially since there was no story with them other than he's a replacement. But Claudio's reaction was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, the crowd went nuts for him. That man it? was born again when he saw that crowd cheer for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he's one that like, I was talking to a friend uh, that that w- we went to Dynamite together. I'm like, I, I don't understand the crowd that 
says, I, I don't understand the criticism of AEW just signs ex-WWE guys. Like, should they not sign Claudio Castagnoli? Should they not yeah. sign Brian and Danielson? Here's the truth. Depending on the way things were in the indies between 2013 and 2018, they all went to WWE. Right. All of them. Right. Even for a cup of coffee. Right. So, like, what what should a company like AEW do if Claudio Castagnoli calls them up and says, hey, I'm coming out of my contract in three weeks? Ah, uh, no thanks. We're full. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, San- there's a rumor Santana's contract is up, even though he had a terrible injury in blood and guts. Like, Tito's? You don't think WWE ain't interested in him? <laughs> Tito Santana? <laughs> <laughs> no, T- Tito's Tito's nephew. Oh, okay. <laughs> From the Bronx. Yeah, right. But yeah. Which, you know, they always, they always call themselves uh, proud and powerful. Which one is proud? Which one is powerful? I think Santana's... Po- I've always thought Santana was the power of the group, so he right, must, right, be, he must be powerful. So. Yeah, but that was just a bad break. I know yeah. that's off topic, but that was yeah. a bad break. But, I mean, it's a topic we'll get to because the injury bug is uh, in Ooh, the AW It's not the room. injury bug. It's the injury Vecna. It's yeah. like just killing everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of injury bugs, the next match was a four-way match uh, where Jay White retained his title over Hangman Page, Kazuchika Okada, and he pinned Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole has uh, probably taken some time off. He's on the shelf, uh, the latest yes. in the long line. Um what do you think of this one? It it could have been better, mm-hmm. um, but they just wasted too much time on things like on the rhythm. Like the rhythm of the match never got going because they were so obsessed with letting those four people get their stuff in. Yeah. If it was three people, if it was one on one, like say it was Hangman versus Okada, it could have torn the house down. It didn't tear the house down. I thought Okada looked awesome. I thought he. Looks like he always does at his New Japan things. He's not a flash in the pan. Like, he came in and he had the presence. His moves were great. The only thing that was awkward that everybody knows about was the ending. And this is my theory. Okada gave a snap drop kick to Co- to Adam Cole and I think it rung his bell. Yeah. And when he went for the Rainmaker, I think Adam Cole was supposed to eat it, but he ducked it by accident. Yep. And so when Jay White threw out Okada and pinned Cole, he was actually supposed to be like out out for the count with the Rainmaker hit, getting hit on him. But instead, he accidentally ducked it because they had done that spot maybe five minutes earlier, and Cole had ducked it. Yep. And I think Cole just forgot because he got his bell rung. Yep. I think you're entirely right. As I think that. And that would have made more sense that Okada gets the visual of his move and the fans get yeah. to see the Rainmaker. Jay White, Jay White great. steals it. What a smarmy shithead heel. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hangman was great too. I yeah. mean, I thought they all hit their marks. It was just a shame that they had that unfortunate um, injury to Cole who was taking the pinfall. Um, they all look good. It just it didn't – it felt like – it was almost like 50-50 booking where just yeah. like all four guys looked equally good, but no one really, really stood out. Yeah. I think my issue with the match isn't really with what the match was. It's what it wasn't. Um, Okada is the biggest star in New Japan, and I think that putting him in a four-way, yeah, the match is good, but mm-hmm. it should have been Okada one-on-one against somebody, whether it's Hangman Page or you know maybe before Punk got hurt, maybe they had him pegged for somebody else. But uh, I, I think it should have been a, a high-profile singles Okada showcase, uh, and instead it was a four-way that it was fine. It just wasn't what what I wanted to, out of Okada. So yeah, and it's not and it's not a, it's not to besmirch Jay White for winning. Like he was the champion. Sure. Yeah, that's I fine. I highly doubted that he was going to drop it like a month after winning it. But right. you know, I thought he was fine. Just like just like the match, it was just fine. And but for a semi-main, 
uh, on you know for the for the caliber of pay per view that AEW usually delivers, just fine's not good enough. Right. I almost wonder too, like because uh, he just won the title not that long ago, like you said, but he won it from Okada. Like, I wonder if there had been any talks about them doing that switch on this pay per view. Like, if Tony had come to them and said, "Hey, will you switch your title on our show?" Because um, then, I mean, New Japan has a gripe, like, or Okada does a New Japan storyline. Like, I lost my title to this guy, but he didn't pin me, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, but I, I don't know. And I've never heard any rumors that that well, was Well, it case, was good but... just to see Okada, period, because when we sure. preview, we weren't even sure he was going to be on it. Right, he yeah, showed he, he showed up on, up on that last after. Dynamite, you know, yeah. and the roof went off the place. But, yeah, he was good. Um, but like I said, I just wish he would have had, like, a, a high-profile match. Uh, one more match on the show show and it was the main event uh for the interim uh aew heavyweight championship john moxley beat hiroshi tanahashi uh, about 20 minutes a little less i think it's like 17 18 um no surprise in the finish uh no surprise that moxley bled uh buckets um dude have you ever seen someone blade on a sling blade no this Never. He's at like, the, oh, I think they butted heads. Yeah. I'm like, no, he clearly bladed after he rolled out the ring on a sling blade. He's at the point where he's got this like little gig spot in his forehead that he's been cutting every week, and it cuts yeah. so much. And he now. just rips the stitch off. Yeah, yeah, he just rips the stitch off, and just blood just pours out of him. Every you got to be careful with that. You're gonna be like Bruiser Brody, where your forehead looks like hamburger. Yeah, it looks like a you know? it looks like a UPC code. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I. I don't think this is a surprise finish, but Hiroshi Tanahashi is such a great baby face. Oh, my God. Like, like he, he had the crowd behind him. The crowd wanted him to win. They were chanting ace, and the crowd doesn't dislike Moxley. And Moxley wasn't exactly healing it up, I wouldn't say, but he won the crowd, man. This dude's a pro. Dude, like, he, he just—he didn't even have to be treated like a big deal, but he was, thankfully, because Tony Khan did respect, you know, the main event. New yeah. Japan guy, it wasn't going to make him look like a, like, it wasn't a Tatsumi Fujinami where they were going to, at Super Brawl, where yeah. they were going to make him look like a, a jerk-off. Like, Tanahashi looked legit. They had had that tag match, which I thought was a fun match. I don't think it's anything to write home about. The right, one where Moxley Tanahashi yeah. teamed up against Archer and Jericho. But, um, it was just to tease it. But, the match, it might be my favorite match this year in AEW. Yep. Like, um, John Moxley, physically, and also from a moveset standpoint, I think he's at, He's at the peak of his powers. Like, he's really figured out, like, the chain, his chain of, like, how he wants to get his moves in, how to mix it up to try to keep the crowd on their toes, whether he could do a great short match, a great long match, and this one was, like, right in the sweet spot. But we talked about this, I don't remember if we talked about this on the previous episode or the show before, but there's just wrestlers that have that fourth gear where there's like a beginning and a middle and an end. Those are your three gears to a normal match. Then there's that extra one where you're like, I don't know how it's going to end. And I don't know, Jordan, how Tanahashi does it, but he does it every freaking time. Yeah. Where like there is a point in the match, whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 15 minutes, where like when they do G1s, those are usually only 15 minute matches where you don't know if he's going to win or lose. Like, you are almost equal in thought at some point in but the match. But you want him to win. Like, <laughs> you want him to win. You're like, there's a point where he gets out. He's trying to get out of the bulldog. Well, first of all, I'll just get to it. Like, so Tanahashi starts getting the advantage. He gets the high fly flow, which is his, it's like a, like a crossbody splash. Yeah, and that's he, his he finish. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, for those who want to envision it and didn't see it, when Eddie Guerrero adjusted on the frog splash on Brock Lesnar when he won the title, that's what it looks like. Yep. And it looks perfect, but Tanahashi's so smart. He rolled just a little bit too long, and then when he went back, he um, Masa kicked out and immediately turned into a bulldog choke, and Tanahashi is about to get out of it, and then Moxley starts um, um, overpowering him, and you can start hearing boos. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're like, damn it, Tanahashi got him again. And he, <laughs> then he hooked him into a paradigm shift, spiked him, one, two, three. But, God, there's that moment where you're like, oh, my God, Tanahashi might win this match. And then there's a moment where you're like, yeah, but I think he's going to lose this match. And he's able to do that with, like, Shawn Michaels had this ability where he just make people believe. He can suspend their disbelief. And he's just got it. That's why he's an all-timer. I right. thought this was great testimony or testament to his greatness in the in the United States against a big-time competitive wrestler on a pay-per-view main event. Well, like, to add to that, too, like, how— what percentage of fans in that arena do you think going into that show were like, I have no idea who's going to win this? They all you know, thought they it was all thought Moxley was going to win. And yet in Moxley. the moment, they're like, oh, my gosh, he's going to do it. The ace is going to do it. You know, or even if they didn't think he was going to, they, they desperately wanted him to. Uh, yes, yeah. and, and Moxley gave him the respect. William Regal came out with him, so he knew it was a special occasion. Mm-hmm. He also came out in the Bulls' victory tunnel, which I thought was really, really nice. That was su- super cool looking. Um, yes. Your wording in our text message, I think, was a master class in professional wrestling, which is a really cool description of it. Uh, and not just Tanahashi. I mean, Moxley, to his credit, um, you know, it takes two to tango. And, and Moxley, like yeah. you said, he's firing on all cylinders right now. And he's Kevin like, Kelly said it. He is not a spring chicken. No, like his, no. His knees are shot. His back is – he can't always compete on it. Uh, sometimes he doesn't even have great matches. No. You know, but – and let's be real. Tanashi's probably had better matches. That's, that's oh, how, sure. That's, yeah. how, that's how much you people think of this guy. Like, I think this is the best match AEW's had this year. And Tanahashi's had much better matches in his past. Mm-hmm. But – I really love that. I know there's other candidates, but that that might be perched up there, right? When I think about it at the end of the year. But man, what a great match! I wish, I almost want him to come back and do more, but it would take, it would take like, it would almost ruin the mystique. I love the fact that he went out there, he had his one singles match, and he knocked it out the park. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so you know, for for our listeners, uh, we usually kind of give like, uh, oh, what what do you got to watch? I think on this show, you you got to watch the main event. I think you should watch uh, the Cassidy um, Will Osprey match, and I think you should do yourself a, a favor and, and and at least watch the Saber Claudio f- for your own opinion. What would just you for say? the reaction? Yeah, what would you yeah. say there? Same three. Anything else yeah. that, that you got to watch on the show? Um, just the just the. I mean, because you and I have always been partial to the Bucks. Just the general fun of the trios match. Yeah, yeah, that's fun with Sting and Darby Allen. Like mm-hmm. they just they just know how to entertain a crowd. Right. All, all, I mean, all six of them, really, including the two New Japan people, but those those four in particular, they know how to get a pop. Yeah. Ah, so we go right from Forbidden Door to Blood and Guts, um, and that Forbidden Door was slammed mostly shut. Uh, no, no reference to any New Japan guys on Dynamite, although there was a Rampage appearance. Um, I was in attendance, Andrew, for Blood and Guts. Um, I was actually thrown off the top of the cage by Nate Kingston. <laughs> because you tried to give the assist to your first fan, Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, man, holy cow, what a, what a debut for Detroit. 
Um, so let's we'll get to blood and guts. What yeah. did you think of the, the smaller matches on the beginning? Were they just ramp ups? Uh, like dynamite wise, or the or the dark stuff? Dynamite. Dynamite wise, I thought it was. I thought it was fun, and I think it showed that they were giving some thought to where they were because the show opened with Orange Cassidy and uh, Ethan Page, and the whole match was built around Orange Cassidy body slamming him, which we're in Detroit, WrestleMania three, <laughs> like it was Hulk Hogan versus Andre, like that's the that's right. the story they told, and it was it was fun, um, just like a way to profile Cassidy. Um, we had a here's one I'm not a big fan of. I don't think I like Lucha Canosaurus. Um, <laughs> you don't like his nerve hold? Yeah, finisher? what was that? So what's crazy is his other stuff looks cool. Like he he fought Serpentico and he just throws him around, and that stuff looks cool and vicious. But then the finish, the nerve hold is so lame, dude. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's so, just it's an old school demon animal. Yeah, I thing. do love the Christian stuff. I don't how like... how evil of Christian Cage to steal <laughs> Jungle Boy's dinosaur. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and so there's this mystery of what happened to Marco's stunt too. Like, cause oh like, no, <laughs> Christian no Christian knows, and that's why Luchasaurus <laughs> is with him. Like, did did Luchasaurus eat Marco's stunt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think he locked him into Raw Underground with Shane McMahon for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Dabo Kato or whatever Dabo Khan killed him. <laughs> Oh, Marco. Uh, but then we had uh, a six-man tag that uh, I – I, the Acclaimed are my favorites. Like, I, I just – I love everything about the Acclaimed and the Gun Club act. Um, Anthony Bowens uh, pulled a – so we had a uh, WrestleMania three appreciation with Orange Cassidy, then WrestleMania seventeen appreciation with Anthony Bowens rising from his wheelchair a la Linda McMahon. <laughs> Linda McMahon. <laughs> Uh, Let me tell you, if Vince McMahon rose from her wheelchair and stood up to Vince McMahon in 2022, <laughs> it's over, buddy. Whole different story. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so we saw the split. What I thought was interesting was we saw the the. I assume we saw the split of the Gun Club and, and the Acclaimed. Uh, Bowen's got out of the wheelchair, missed a crutch shot to Danhausen, and hits uh, one mm-hmm. of the guns. And Daddy Billy sides with the Acclaimed post match. The strength, um, the strength of the scissors. Yeah, exactly. Scissor me, daddy gun. Uh, the power of the pockets, the strength of the scissors. But, dude, the roof came off the place when Dan Housen announced FTR as his mystery to partners. It's like, I think I found some guys who could maybe wrestle. And FTR's music hits, and the crowd goes nuts. Uh, really funny line that wasn't on TV, like, after the entire show was over, Weird mishmash of dudes. Tony Khan hits the ring with Tony Storm, brings out Dan Housen, Hook, Negative One, John Silver, uh, and Orange Cassidy, and they're all talking. What? And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're all hugging. But Dan Housen goes, I would like to thank FTR Bald and FTR Hair for helping me tonight. <laughs> you know what he should call him? Scott Harwood and Dax Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. FTR bald and FTR hair. <laughs> that was great. But yeah, I think they just really just flew through the show to get, to, I mean, blood and guts was a whole hour was, plus it, of the show. It was 46 minutes. I know you didn't see it uh, on television until replay Four picture in pictures. Yeah. We didn't see any of the backstage stuff either. Cause like, I remember when we were going home. I'm like Wardlow wasn't even on the show. Apparently he had like a backstage segment, like none he of that stuff. He had a stuff. promo to, um, to, uh, for a, to build up a TNT title match against Scorpio sky. That's going to be on the yep. upcoming dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see any of that stuff. Um, we, we did see the bucks 
um, calling out, you know, that every all their buddies hurt uh, and announcing their their rampage match. Um, yes, but we didn't see anything else that was like a back. Yeah, I don't think we talked about this, but there was a little bit of a COVID spike with some people mm-hmm. um, right around that time they were in Chicago. So, you know, um, one of the people who couldn't make it for Forbidden Door was Taka- Takahashi. Yep. And then there was just a slew of people that couldn't make it for um, for the night. It's the dynamite. Yeah, after. Like the big the big tall dude that was supposed to team with the Bucks. Uh, Haku's kid, right? He wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, um, Hiko Leo. Yeah, Hiko Leo. He yeah. wasn't there, but yeah. I mean, this is really a one-match show. Like, this was blood and guts, and everything else was just, like, filler to get there. Um, All right, I- I'll leave you the floor. Yeah, so listen, dude. Uh, my brief analysis is the most wild thing I've ever seen live. Um, I don't know that it's the most wild match I've ever seen, period, because I've seen CZW Cage of Death. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> like that... There, there was an old feud with CZ. Do you remember CZW versus Ring of Honor, like that feud? Oh, my God. They had a Cage of Death match. Yeah, they like, had the well, Cage of Death Eddie match. Eddie Kingston was in that match, too. Yeah, and <laughs> like, the craziest moment was, I think it was Homicide, throwing thumbtacks on the Necro Butcher as he was running barefoot. <clears throat> like, that was one of the grossest bumps. I wouldn't even call it a bump. The grossest moments I've ever seen. But live, this was insanity dude and we didn't even see half of the stuff that actually happened because you know from our seats like i couldn't see like the back corner of the ring well you that... have to go through the cage you have to watch it through the cage wire unless yeah. you're looking at the screen. yeah like it's just know? the way that we were positioned because we were like in the the mezzanine um like the truss was too thick to see through so like can, we couldn't can see... i list you can i list you the homemade items that were in this match sure chairs tables a fork Broken glass, wooden spikes, baseball bats, a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, kendo sticks, rubbing alcohol, a fire extinguisher, and thumbtacks. Yeah. And blade jobs. Yeah, and they cut the <laughs> ring open, too. <laughs> like, yeah, they, 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 ripped the, they ripped the mat on the first ring. Which was kind of weird. They ripped the mat open, and like th- that kind of led to nothing. They didn't do anything with it. Yeah, that kind of yeah. led to nothing. But, man, this match was insane. Like... Uh, so something in the the Forbidden Door match by winning his match, the six man Jericho's winning the six man at Forbidden Door that gave them the advantage in Blood and Guts, which was something that okay. was never announced ahead of time. Um, no. So that's how Jericho's team, you know. By the way, how about their outfits? The matching uh, <laughs> red mesh. Tops. I thought they were gonna play Weep It. <laughs> yeah, do rag Daniel Garcia. <laughs> I also like Ty Conti as the Medusa or the baby doll. Yeah. Where oh, she was like trying to ass- the only thing that was weird is that they had a they had a bottle of rubbing alcohol and it was clearly too big for the rung. So they were trying to push it through, but it took way too long. So I and, don't, uh, I think because from our seat, Eddie brought that in the ring and then it went down and I think it fell out of the cage and it wasn't supposed to. Okay. And Ty Conti was trying to squeeze it back through. And that took um, a while. Also, um, I think Matt Menard did a blade job. He did oh. another. He did one in Double or Nothing that was brutal. This one was bad. Angelo Parker, holy cow! Yeah, he looked like he was in a war. Yeah, I mean, was that the spot where he was like hanging upside down, almost like he was being crucified yeah. outside? Oh, almost like God. Sandman in uh yeah. in ECW. <laughs> well, it was like absolutely the, brutal. Yeah, it was just just this match where just like everything was happening and. Claudio getting in there and the crowd was insane with him. I even think the finish, it's almost like two different matches. It was like your gory spot fest. Oh, John Mosley looked like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, like your your gory 
kill him, brutalize him match. And then you had this totally different story once they got up on top of the cage with Eddie and Jericho, um, you know, and Sammy got up there and got thrown off. And by the way, way better job at the big, big cage bump than the last blood and guts. You know, some people talk about this with Shawn Michaels versus Mick Foley with the big, with the hell in a cell bumps. Like, Mm -hmm. which one was better? Well, Foley got more trajectory, and but yeah, but Sean sold it better, you know, because he made it look like he was hanging off a cliff, like in Die Hard. Right. Like the thing, I think the thing with Jericho is just that he just kind of like he just kind of dropped. Yeah. And and also the landing was very heavy. Yeah, the protected. landing exposed, like you could see, like the boxes. Sammy Guevara got pushed, and he flipped into it like he was a corpse. Yep. Yeah, he, like, he just ragdolled. It was wild. My son. It was amazing, and it sounded brutal. The crowd. It almost. If you watch the background of the crowd, um, I'm I'm sure you got this feeling watching it. It was almost a shock and awe. Oh where yeah. They were almost waiting for Eddie to do a mannerism of "Hey, I'm about to throw this guy off and throw him off," um, a la you know other people. Whereas this one, like, all right, boop, bye, and, and the and the and the crowd just starts rising. Oh my God! He just fell. Like, <laughs> and it's it's a great shot. I mean, and the, it was a loud. I mean, the crowd was into it from start to finish. Oh yeah, the crowd crowd was way into it, and like they were never into Jericho's side. It was fully. Uh, I mean, Eddie was. I don't know if he got the biggest pops or Claudio. I think Claudio might have got the the biggest reactions, but the crowd. Oh, loved Claudio! Eddie. I mean, I love the fact he didn't do a promo. Just come out there, be yep. a Terminator, beat the piss out of people. Well, and, uh, also got the finish. Having him start, you know, and go the whole match. Like, start with Sammy, like a dude that he can just throw around and uppercut. And we even had the Hager, Claudio, <laughs> showed up. They had, a, they had a detour with Santana, but, like, uh, because he got hurt, unfortunately. Yeah. Hope he gets better. But they did have a structure to it where, like, how are we going to get out of the cage? Oh, okay. Ty Connie's going to do that. Ruby Soho somehow got involved. Yeah, that and, was weird. Um, <laughs> and then they start climbing because I think Jericho was trying to escape. You want to know my hot take? The most dangerous bump, the most dangerous move of the entire one was Claudio giving the swing to oh, Jericho. Because yeah, no, if no he question. lets him go, Chris Jericho is dead. No question. I was watching that, and I was, like, frightened. I'm like, listen, he never gets dizzy, but what if he does for the first time? Like, he was mm-hmm. – I mean, he was probably a good three feet from the edge, but three feet no. is nothing. <laughs> but, Sammy, but Sammy Guevara, shout out to him. What a bump. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. It you was know, awesome. A um, um, lot of blood. The the one where Jericho is dragging Moxley through the tax before he gives him the yes, balls. Yes, yes. Crap. Well, brutal, and then brutal, even, brutal. too, when Moxley brought out the bag, like, my son's like, what's that? Because my son watches AW. He doesn't watch every week, but he kind of knows what's going on. I go, oh, it's thumbtacks. And then it was glass. And we're like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't even remember what they did with it, but they uh, did something. pile driver onto it. He gave oh the... just uh, yeah just a pile driver yeah, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> just a simple pile oh, driver. Andrew, can you imagine the stiffy that Tony Khan had backstage? Oh my god! <laughs> By the way, Tony Khan for is my first time being there live. Dude comes out from the tube liberally throughout the show and just like jumps up and down on the ramp. Like he's so excited. Oh, like her, like Herb Abrams. Yeah. Like <laughs> he comes out and watches. There was one match. I think it was in rampage. I think it was the bucks match. And he came out and just started jumping up and down and the crowd started cheering because he was, you know, so it's yeah. almost like he was a little mascot, but uh dude should never be an on air on screen full-time character because I, I appreciate him. I appreciate AEW. He can book a hell of a show. Yeah, I'll but, say that. But the dude can't cut a promo. Like, he just comes out and no. screams. 
he's on a hundred at all times and yeah but anyways uh back to did you did you pitch him any ideas from afar yeah i was telling him to fire kt marshall as loud as i could (laughs) (laughs) you and about maybe fifteen thousand others (laughs) we finally got to our seats uh by the way he was in a dark match uh i don't know if it was dark elevation or just straight dark uh we got to it was seats. on the show before those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we got to our seats before he came out, and I, I said to my buddy, I go, if QT and Marshall's on this show, I'm going home. And he came out three minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he lost, so it was okay. Uh, but I thought the finish was really cool of Blood and Guts because it cements the end of the Eddie Jericho feud, but it leads Eddie right into his next one because – He didn't get the comeuppance yep, because he, he wanted didn't to get to tap, tap out, out Jericho. Plum. Claudio, the right. new guy, did, who he hates already. And they did a fist bump, and it's kind of like, okay, whatever. But you know we're going with Eddie Claudio. Like, it really smart finish where Eddie had Jericho beat, but because Claudio was up there with the, gosh, who was it? Was it Daddy Magic? Well, uh, uh, yeah, it was Menard. Yeah, it was Menard, Menard was up there. Out. And he tapped out, and Eddie was pissed. And then yes. he, like, you could see him thinking, like, whatever, we won. But in the moment, he's like, what? Like, yeah. it was and really also, good character. And also, we talk about Sizzle. I mean, I know it sounds ADHD, but, you know, Sizzle real highlights for, like, when you sell your stuff. Oh, yeah. So many in this one. But I will say, too, raising their hands on top of the cage, shout out to Bryce Remsburg. How many referees yeah, do you Bryce know runs climb on the top of the freaking cage to raise a wrestler's hand? It took Jericho about 14 minutes to waddle off that cage, <laughs> I thought you know what Jer- you know what Jericho's story always was when he was at the top of the cell. He said he looked down and he looked like ants. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I thought Eddie was hurt up uh, up there because the match ended and he was like in a sitting position because he had Jericho in the stretch plum, and he did not stand up for a long time. I'm like, why is he not standing up? Did he pop something? Did he tweak something? I'm like, just what they would need is another injury. And I'm just keeping yeah. my eyes on him. But the fact that they let him climb down the cage on his own accord, if he had tweaked or turned or rolled something, they wouldn't have had him climb down that pole. Uh, so I think it was just him, just in, in character, uh, letting it all soak in. Uh, but definitely better than the first one. Yeah. I mean, that one had disadvantages built in, like Daly's Place and sure, stuff. Sure, sure. But I did. I thought it had more structure. I thought it had cr- just crazy heat, a lot of... I mean, violent. Just, just more violent. Yeah. Like... I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know what Melter gave it. I wouldn't call it a five star match, but in terms of a gim, like a big time gimmick match, I mean, I, I'd call it a five star yes. spectacle. Yes, you know, Good like match wise, yeah, I, I get. Stadium Stampede, the first one, yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just wild, insane. Uh, being there live, like I don't think anyone would have went home and said, "Well, I didn't get what I paid for." You know, and the execution <laughs> like, within the uh, the story of the of the intervals. I mean, it starts. Uh, didn't it start with Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia? No, it's Claudio and Sammy. Uh, oh, it's Claudio and Sammy. Yeah. They do some really fun stuff where, like, Sammy, like Claudio is throwing Sammy around like mm-hmm. like a toy. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's like selling it. I mean, they did a couple of other. Th- there was one involving Darby Allen that we're gonna get to where. Oh my God! He did some of these things where he tried to go between the ropes and or between the two rings where they have the ropes intersecting, and it was like, Oh my God, dude, you're about to die! Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. Claudio had some spots like that. Yuta, I mixed that up, but they he mixed up with Garcia a lot. 
Um, and then Daddy Magic and and uh, Parker, shout out to their blade job. They're just they just know how to. Yeah, they're just goons, it. and they're so good at yeah. it. You yes, know? and they're loud. They're so obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in what Jericho does now because that's clearly it for him and Eddie. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. I don't think that this group has run its course yet. So do they now maybe get behind Sammy like as the, I think the they go member all, of the group? I think they try to get the title off of Moxley. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I okay. think that because I think this is actually a good launching on point for like some of these feuds. It feels like not a reset. There are some that are continuing, like the yeah, but TNT it feels like a lot of stuff's wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah, and they're kind of opening the door to other things. No pun intended. But like, like they they are doing different. They are look like they look like they have an avenue to go in different directions with the interim title. He has a title defense coming up. So Moxley, I guess, is going with the moniker almost the opposite of when Hangman Page won it, where yeah. Tony kind of held him back on purpose to try to make Hangman's matches almost like Roman and WWE like feel special. Whereas Moxley. He's a he wants to do the same thing he did when he was the champion in 2020, where he wants to wrestle every night. He yep. wants to prove he's the best. Yep. So that's what they're going with. Yeah, and they started off uh, w- with a rampage. I think it was called the Royal Rampage. It was Royal Rampage. Yeah, yes, which maybe get a better name. <laughs> uh, but it was it was an interesting match concept. It was not an, explained to us live. We had we kind of figured it out about halfway through. So they had the two rings still from Blood and Guts. And it was a 20-man battle royal, but they alternated. It's Royal Rumble style, but they alternated what ring they would go into, and nobody switched rings, which we didn't really yeah. pick up on right away until... Yeah, they called... Well, I don't know if you you saw this, but one was called the Red Ring, and one was called the Blue Ring. Yeah, we didn't get any of that. And I would say a political <laughs> joke, but Hangman Page was in the Red Ring. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that's poor booking right there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, but, so it yeah, was for, there was it, a shocker. There was a not so surprising one on one end, the Blue Ring, mm-hmm. uh, Darby Allen. Yep. The other one was a stunner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brody King clears that ring uh, by eliminating Hangman Page, Hangman. as clean as a whistle too. Hangman was going for the the buckshot. I think it was on Ricky Starks, and Brody yeah, just and he eliminated Starks, and then he yep. and then Brody got him and, off. Yeah, and Brody just barreled into him and just knocked him off like powerhouse so that kind of led to a singles battle it's still battle royal style with brody and darby allen and dude this might have been one of the more creative finishes to a battle royal i've ever seen um where darby was uh caught in a choke and brody's got him in a choke and he just turns to the crowd and you see the life go out of darby and he just drops him like a bag of garbage uh it was it was pretty pretty wicked uh uh, it's Brody King wins, and Brody King has a title shot against John. Moxley. Yeah, that'll that maybe maybe like I'll take it back. Maybe instead of JAS, it's the House of Black that goes after him. Maybe yeah, Julia could be. throws the mist at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to corrupt John Moxley. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. had so much corruption in his body over the la- over over a lifetime. I think he would just sneeze it off. Like right. <laughs> they, they spray him in the face. He's like, ah, that's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Oh, but um, I'll tell. I also want to give a shout out to Takeshita and Swerve Strickland. Oh yeah, they come up, they come out kind of in the middle of it, but once they start interacting, 
God, it gets good. Like, there's a point there where it starts getting really fun. Dude, so from my seat, I'm like, you know, I'm not quiet at a wrestling show. I don't think you should be. You know, have fun. Like, I'm not heckling or anything. Enjoy yourself. But, yeah. I, like, when Takeshita came out, I'm like, oh, I've started freaking out. I'm like, dude, this guy's awesome. And I think the people around me thought I was joking. Because, you know, you crack jokes all night. Like, I said that I thought it was, I couldn't tell if it was Diego or Fernando when it was uh, Daniel Garcia <laughs> in the Blood and Guts match. <laughs> I didn't know which matador it was. But, because of the do-rag. But, I think people thought I was joking with Takeshita, but I, I meant it. And he came in, and like you said, he was only out there for a few minutes, but he made every second count. He hit the double German on, I think it was Swerve, who then grabbed Darby, and he just tosses them both. Like I also this- want to shout out, so, God, so it's, I already said this on the last show, just ridiculously talented, won a miss by WWE. He did one in the buy-in, I did forget to mention this, where um, he got El Desperado, and he, Desperado was doing the dangle thing. Where mm-hmm. like he's kind of on the outside of the ring, but he's dangling by the by the bottom rope, so he's kind of like stilting himself up. Yeah. And Swerve comes in and just stomps the shit out of him. I was yeah. like, oh my god, what amazing offense by that dude! I, and Swerve got eliminated, but it wasn't by Lee, so they didn't kind of like flip that whole thing. I can't remember who who eliminated Swerve. No, you know who I think it was was the Butcher and the Blade who like. Okay. We're doing that like the sense. big show. Remember like the 2015 Rumble where it was like. Uh, uh, they just dumped them. Big Show yeah. and Kane just dumping everybody. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah, because they they eliminated Cassidy too. Or no, yeah, actually, shout out to Butcher and Blade because they're going to be um getting a dynamite match. Yeah, I mean they're they're effective. Like nobody's ever going to take them seriously as like a top level, but you got to have guys that can just go out there and be fine for seven to ten minutes. You know. Yeah, but Darby looked good. God, bro. So Brody, the other thing that looked great about it, other than the finish, was that when Brody was done. With Hangman, Darby was finishing off eliminating somebody else. And it, I can't it was remember. Butcher and Blade. It was, it was Butcher and Blade. Yeah. And he comes barreling in, and he gives Darby out. I don't know how this looked live. He gave Darby out in the nastiest gut wrench power bomb I've ever oh, seen. Yeah, it's this dude could be really good. And th- this, I think it's a perfect choice to win the Battle Royal. My only qualm is maybe don't put Hangman Page in it because um, okay. he just looks like another guy. But I think it's smart to not have a Darby win this or Orange Cassidy because those are things you could do like for a program. You just want a guy who could be a one-time challenger. Brody King, man, that's a perfect choice. You know, this might a... sound repetitive, but can you believe how much how much punishment Darby can take oh, week to week? It's nuts, man. Like the the poor he gets kid. thrown through those ropes, and I was like, I mean, remember Rey Mysterio accidentally killed a man? Yeah, thrown through ring ropes. Yeah, you know. And you're just like you always have that fear in the back of your mind. Dude, Darby's like throwing himself in there. He looks like he he's making it look like a car wreck, going like bouncing from right. thing to thing. And and, and like, that's the thing. Like I don't think it's that these guys are being reckless with him. I think they're just doing their standard. I think he's putting more force into it himself, and he's being reckless with his own body. You know, like, right? Just making everybody else look like a million bucks. But yeah. Um, but Brody King, I think it'll be an interesting match with Moxley because if you think about Moxley's matches, he's been beating people up a lot, you know, like Wheeler Yuta and stuff like that. Whereas this match is probably going to be bound to, like, he's going to get beat up by Brody King. Yes. You know, like, obviously he's going to we win. We were kind of but... hoping that we were going to see that a year or two ago with Hager, and no. This yeah. one is going to be the one where it's like, oh, yeah, this is what we wanted. Yeah, you yeah, know? I think that, I think this Hoss, match will... Like Hoss versus Brawler. Yeah, I think this would be a, a heck of a match, and it's a good choice because it's a guy that can take a loss and, like, you know, whatever. Um, but... Uh, it's it, to the next thing for Mox, right? Exactly, exactly. And it might even lead into, like you said, Malachi Black maybe coming out, something like that. Who knows? Um, 
We also had uh, Young Bucks uh, take on Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. This one was not the best Bucks match I've ever seen live. <laughs> it was, it fine. was okay. Like your notes said textbook. Like I mean, it was by paint by numbers, and by then it was past eleven o'clock, and we were tired, and nobody in the world thought. Shout Yoshihashi. out to Nick. I think that's a problem with Rampage in general. Yeah, be honest with yep. you. Uh, but shout out to Nick Jackson, double springboard melter driver. Yeah, so very cool. cool. Hit it so flawlessly. Um, Dude, that guy could like, I don't know how many, how so many of these guys can just hit these springboards like so perfectly. Ray Phoenix never misses. It's Dante like never we misses. talked about this with Biggie's um injury. It, it it is so amazing what these people can do and not hurt themselves. Yeah, like it's amazing. Like I, the margin for error is so much tighter than like even even a sloppy, crazy, violent match like Blood and Guts. Dude, one thing off, yep. and you could you could be paralyzed. Yep. Can I tell you what I think is the craziest thing in the night? My craziest opinion coming out of the show? What's that? Saddam Singh did not look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to... Did, po- did he post him up? <laughs> <laughs> but he was in a tag match uh, with Jay Lethal. And he just so... drafted the center in Detroit. <laughs> right, right. And we signed Kelly Olenek, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> and we got we've got Nerlens Noel. We've got eight centers at this point. Well, the, I mean, we don't we can get off top for them, but yeah, the Knicks dumped him. Yeah, because they were trying to get Jalen Brunson. Yeah, the Knicks so have dumped him. everybody, and the Pistons took them all. <laughs> and now they might get DeAndre Ayton. So Lord, and they re-signed Marvin Bagley. It's the land of the Giants. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like we're going big. So, <laughs> but yeah, Sonam Singh was in a tag match against two nobodies uh, with Lethal, and it was I on mean, elevation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he only did a couple things, but. Compared to the last time I saw him, night and day. Now, granted, it is brief. It was limited. But that's how you got to treat green guys. That's how you got to treat projects. You know, mm-hmm. um, didn't look horrible. That's all I'll say. It was and stunned. I think Forrest coming, not, I don't know necessarily for Satinum, but definitely for Jay Lethal because um, there's murmurs about Ring of Honor possibly being uh, – uh, like getting some sort of a program on Bleacher Report, mm. the the streaming site. Not, I don't want to confirm anything. It's just scuttlebutt from Andrew Zarian, who is a solid reporter. But they do have a pay per view coming up in Lowell, Massachusetts, yeah. in late July, called Death, Death Before, Before Dishonor. Dishonor. And, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. Yeah, I think that's the only match that's announced. So, but. yeah, Gresham's going to be on Rampage next week. He teams up with Leo Moriarty against um, another team that's part of Ring of Honor that Tully Blanchard is Oh, the uh, Tully team. Called, okay. Called the Gates of Agony. So Well, so much for the rebound and rampage ratings. <laughs> 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 we go from uh, their version of the Royal Rumble to Jonathan Gresham and versus Can the Gates of Agony. Can you imagine Jonathan Gresham in the same ring of Satinum Singh? No, but we might not have to imagine it because it might be a reality one day. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But, yeah, that was uh, pretty much what we had on TV. I think the key coming out of all this, which we briefly mentioned, is it feels like everything is kind of wrapped up with a bow, and there's not a whole lot of stuff still ongoing. I think it's because they gave enough time for the post-Double or Nothing stuff about a month to wrap up those things that weren't done yet. Yep. And they had stopgap feuds for Forbidden Door, and now that New Japan is sort of hushed. 
way back to Japan, um, now that the collaboration is over, now we can kind of just clear the space and just do whatever whatever the next phase is. Well, and now they build now the build the all out begins. You know, right? And it's I think it might be far. That's why we're seeing Mox and Brody King. So like it's just far away enough from September to where you don't want to like clue yourself in. We don't even know Punk's gonna be ready. I would assume. Yeah. But you know, but it's that's the problem. With well, I mean, let's do let's do some quick math. So that was end of May that he won the title. Uh yes, it was. So, it was in May thirtieth, I believe. So we miss all of June, all of July, and if you give him all of August out of the ring, that's three full months out of ring mm-hmm. uh, for Punk. I mean, that should be enough time. I get, yeah. We, we, they never really gave us details on how severe his injury was other than surgery yeah, they and never, broken they, bones they just said lower they just said lower injury lower leg injury yeah, they never said had, broken foot broken ankle yeah, they never really the said stuff we heard so right and i mean talking about specials that i mean they're way down the line like the next special really is going to be uh battle of the bells but that's in grand rapids in early august yeah, and those be battle bells that. haven't been <laughs> i'll right. be skipping that. i will warn you though i did see a recent poster brian danielson is on it <sighs> So I'm wondering if they think he'll be ready by then. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> what, if Jonathan, what if Jonathan Gresham wrestled Brian Danielson? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, long story short, like, they're in Rochester, New York. That'll get a hot crowd. I haven't looked at the – I haven't tracked it on WrestleTicks. Great Twitter site. Um, contribute to them. Uh, but it's probably going to be around the eight to 7,000 range. They're probably going to have a nice crowd. Then mm-hmm. they go to Savannah, Georgia, and then they have another one in Duluth, Georgia. So they're going to be down south for a little bit. Uh, and I guess it's kind of, they're kind of parking it to see what they can set up for their new storylines. You know, have a just have a good old-fashioned wrestling program for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah and I think it's smart that they're kind of like wrapping things up so they can move towards All Out. Like, I think one match we can say is All Out will be Claudio and Eddie will probably be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that FTR and the Bucks will be there. Um, Ruby Soho and Ty Conti, which might lead to Sammy versus some other yeah, like companion Ruby of Ruby's. Versus, yeah. yeah. Gosh, who, who could we pair with Ruby Soho? Like, style-wise, who mixes with her? I mean, well, did... she, she's friends kayfabe with Eddie. Yeah. But, Do they but, go with, yeah. like, a hook? I don't know. Maybe they should have Brian Danielson. Uh, uh, maybe Brian Danielson can be friends with Ruby because he just hates Sammy's vlog. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I do I think you have that... a vlog. I want to kick your head in. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, if if they don't have bigger plans for him, you could just slot Wardlow in there, honestly. Yeah, just... Jay Cargill. Jay Cargill's getting ready for something with Chris Statlander and Athena or one of the other. I think she's so... going to beat one and lose the other, but I don't know which one's which. Yeah, and I'll, I'll call my shot for Dynamite coming up because there's already four to five matches. I think Wardlow's winning because Scorpio's going on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, Wardlow's – I don't say he's fizzled since MJF, but he's in a holding pattern. I think that's fair. Um, he's it's still, a validation type of move. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, um, you know, uh, you got to figure he'll be on All Out, though. And they, they have the signs. Uh, there was an All Out sign uh, at – Dynamite. Nobody pointed at it that I saw. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, they I didn't say where, but the rumor is it's Hoffman Estates. I mean, I think that makes sense. So, yeah, that makes the most sense. And if if they're doing that, I think they're they're doing it with the idea that Punk is gonna be back. Yeah. So, but Andrew, um, do we want to do our questions through? Do we want to do our new game? 
what would you rather do next? Uh, ooh, it's up to you. Okay, let's do our new game. So okay. we've got a new game, and uh, it's it's a game called. Well, I mean, have you ever heard? Uh, like, uh, there's a podcast that I listen to. The clean version is called Ding Mary Kill. You know, you get three options, and you've got to choose who you would ding, or other words, uh, Mary, and who would you kill. Uh, it's sort of like that, but in terms of wrestling, I'm going to give you three options, and you have to choose who you would push, maybe put him into a title feud, who you would book, you'd like him on your show, and who you would release. Which one uh, represents ding? Uh, <laughs> that's push. <laughs> uh, so okay. so, so who, you, who you putting the rocket on, who you strapping the rocket to, who do you book, you want him on your show, and which one is going to have to be future endeavored. Uh, okay. You said make it to surprise you. Uh, I have a singles, uh, a male singles option. I've got a tag team option, and I've got a women's option. Which one would you like first? The male singles. Okay. Andrew, push, book, release. Dude, this is the hardest one. Okay. Wheeler Yuta, Dante Martin, Daniel Garcia. Looking at the future here. <laughs> Good luck, dude. <laughs> Push Wheeler Yuta. Okay. Book Daniel Garcia, release Dante Martin. Ooh, okay. Any reasoning yeah. behind that? I, the promos, I think that they are yeah. just a little stronger. You know, yeah. whereas, like, if I need to stretch a show, I know I can rely on those two, whereas Dante in the ring can definitely provide it, but he can't provide the other half. I think that might be the right choice. I think Wheeler Yuta is the but most... But that's a very, very tough choice. Yeah, I think Wheeler Yuta is the most complete right now. Uh, and I think Dante Martin, I should, uh, that's tough because Garcia is the same way, but, but with Dante Martin, like what he does best, there's other guys who do that really, really well. Like, okay, I'll so tell you, you, you lose the flying of Dante Martin, but you still have Ray Phoenix, you know? I'll tell you a non-four pillar, fourth pillar, whatever, that I would have probably uh, gone all of them over is Starks. I would have gone over. I, I almost put Ricky Starks, but I'm like, I know Andrew loves him. So I know. Uh, he's going over all of them. Yeah. yeah. I would, yeah. I would. Push Starks, book Starks, release the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Push and book Ricky. Nobody else is on the show. <laughs> All right, let's go with the women because I'll be honest, I struggled with to even come up with like options. Like this one's a little more like lower tier women, uh, maybe women uh, forgotten. Uh, Serena Deeb, Nyla Rose, Hikaru Shida. Okay, push Nyla Rose. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Book Serena Deeb. Cut her car. Let's sh- let her car to go. Okay. You know, I think that might be the, I, push Nyla Rose, man. Tony, if you're listening, we both want to see more Nyla. And I think Nyla needs to be a baby face. She so. made event in rampage. Yep. It was a loss though. Yep. But her promo, the backstage promo, like the main event thing with Mark, she's funny, dude. She's funny. Yes. Like she could, I know like she, she had a hilarious tweet where she was clowning Taz, and it was a picture of Lawrence Fishburne with his ex-wife <laughs> at the Matrix premiere. <laughs> so, just like sadistic tweet, it's just funny, man. Like, and it's just, I, I get that her physical appearance does not lend her to be a baby face in a women's division. She's always. And can I say be... something about Nyla Rose's uh, friend at ringside? The problem, Marina Shafir. Yeah. There is a problem. Marina <laughs> Shafir is on my television set. Get her off. Dude, she... It's like, it's like she's been drugged all the, at all times. <laughs> like, you know, like you're like, maybe you're taking like uh, some anesthesia and you're just moving a little slow. 
It looks yes. like Marina Shafir is always drugged. She's got a little bit of sedative in her at all times. <laughs> yeah, she's bad. But Hikaru uh, Shida, I, I mean, I don't know what else she could do. Like, she's not bad. She's maxed out. Yeah, yeah. She was in a tag match uh, in Dark Elevation with another uh, Japanese uh, wrestler. And it was just like, eh. You yeah. know, they didn't do anything fun. They just were there. Okay, so, all right. Uh, tag teams. Uh, well, I know who you're going to pick here. Uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Darby Allen and Sting. Got to release one of them. This is actually the hardest one. Yeah, this is tough because you got to cut one of these, and that's that's hard. Give me the three. Give me the three one more time. Uh, start. Starks and Hobbs. Uh-huh. Swer- Swerve and Keith Lee. Darby oh. and Sting. Just yep. tag teams, or just just like, as, act? as tag teams? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so if you okay. cut Sting, you got to cut Darby too. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Um, <laughs> push. Push team Taz. Yes, sir. Um, book Lee and Swerve. See you later to the Darby Sting Alliance. Ooh, that's tough. That's really tough. That's very hard. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I came up with this idea. We, we talked about this before the last show, but we had the pay-per-view preview. We're like, well, we'll save that for the next one. Like, they have so many guys on the roster that you can make these choices. And, like, it's hard, but, like, okay, so you lose Darby Allen, but look who you still have. <laughs> Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. So sure. I've seen the last two to three WWE shows. Mm-hmm. Among the two of the three I've seen last, the best match by far were tag matches. Mm-hmm. Is that a coincidence, or is, maybe it's a testament to the Usos, or is it just tag wrestling is just easier to make great? So I, I think I think that's part of it because you can tell a story, a more natural story with the babyface in peril, like the Ricky Morton. I also think with WWE. Now I haven't watched regularly in quite some time. But WWE has so much programming that they just lend them some longer matches, and the longer a tag yes. match goes, the longer, the better it's usually going to be. Now, obviously, That's there's exceptions true. to that rule, but my guess would be like you're talking about um, uh, Street Profits and the Usos, right? Yeah, I mean it's probably what twenty minutes at minimum. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, but the beauty of AEW, man, I remember when we talked about this one a long time ago. It was in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was Team Taz versus uh, Jurassic Express. It was about 15 minutes. Oh, wait, no. It was Jurassic Express and, um, and Red Dragon. Oh, yeah. Just uh, getting my awesome tag teams mixed up. And uh, <laughs> it was a great match. It was like 14 to 15 minutes. They don't need 20 minutes. No, like, they don't. Yeah. But, but, yeah, like there's just so many good tag teams. I will say that I do think AEW didn't revitalize wrestling. That's a whole other story that we could talk about some other time. I think it revitalized tag team wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can make an argument that the hottest act in the company right now is FTR. Um, maybe maybe not so much right now, but four weeks ago, I don't think there was any doubt. I can make a case that other than CM Punk, uh, the most established act is the Young Bucks. Oh yeah, I think when the Bucks mm, yeah. come out, people—it's uh, not not necessarily like YouTube hits of popularity, but when the Young Bucks come out, people are gonna watch. Yep, yep. You know, because the Young Bucks are that type, type like they—they're that—they're—they're—they've got almost got a Cena. Like obviously, they're not in the level of John Cena. They don't have to change their gimmick. They don't have to change their gimmick yeah. because you're, they're always gonna get a reaction. It's not always gonna be positive. It's not always gonna be negative. They're always gonna have people to hate them. Like, just like John Cena always has haters. Like, even at the, our show, like, 
Uh, they're out there wrestling, and there's some guy just screaming that the Young Bucks are overrated. Like, dude, we're unfortunately in... everybody for the Bucks came up positive this past week. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Even Brandon Cutler wasn't holding the camera supposedly. Right. Yeah, it was kind of a funny promo. They're like, we lost all our friends except for these two when they hold up the belts. So like, as long as we got our friends here. But yeah, uh, we know where that we know where that's headed for All Out, and yeah. it's the story. Like, yep. let's let's ramp it up, see where we go. But we don't have to get to it now. We right. can tease it a little bit. But um, yeah, let's like let's have the Young Bucks try to uh, get some challenges with the tag belts. Obviously, Jurassic Express is no more. Um, Rip Dinosaur. But um, they, yeah, like they can go in some different directions with different tags, regardless of the fact that we seem to be on a collision course between the Young Bucks and right. FTR. Well, what I think too is like the Jurassic Express title reign. Like we remember they had that moment where they won the title, and they had all the tag teams that come out and look at them. And I think the story was supposed to be like Jurassic Express are the fighting champs, but yes. that that fits better with FTR. Like FTR wins, and then they're the fighting champs. Boom. Yes. There's there's 20 minutes of your show every week. But the thing that, but there's so much there too. I mean, we we'll get to it probably as time goes by because I'm pretty sure, barring injury, which <laughs> might be, but right. um, that that it's gonna be that. Like FTR were not the first two-time AEW tag champs. The Bucks were right. So like they got to it first. So and and FTR's got every. They're the belt collectors, but so they don't have that one. Here's you know? a question. Let's say M Punk doesn't get back in time for All Out. If Punk is not in the title picture, and let's say MJF is not either, so that leaves like Moxley versus like Jericho. Does Bucks FTR main event all out? I think you could make a case for it. You can, you can. Uh, now, is it going to get the buy rate that you want? Is the big question. Right. You know, that, it's hard. But remember, they just announced Grand Slam is going to be back in Arthur Ashe officially. Yep. So that's about. What three weeks? Two yeah, weeks? Yeah, it, it's in the same month. It's same calendar month. It's both in September. So you're gonna clearly want something there. Maybe they'll have Danielson uh, do something um, with with another top act. You, you know, I mean, they're so they're so out of options. But uh, like, <laughs> I, I think they'll find a singles like match that if Punk's not ready to be able to plug it in um, right. involving Moxley. You know, I'm also glad for Moxley to just get his reign. You know, get his shine. Same in. here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you said with Jericho, that, that might the most sense in terms of, okay, we don't have, we can't go where we wanted. Star power-wise, Jericho, Moxley, that probably makes the most sense um, because you, you're not going to do Eddie because you got Eddie Claudio, and I don't think Claudio yep. should go for the title that soon anyways. Uh, I don't think Wardle's there yet. He's going to be doing the secondary title. And so really, like, the next next step up is probably outside of somebody returning like Miro's not really there yet like i think i think jericho moxley probably makes the most sense if they can't get punk back so yeah but they i mean they've got so many they got so many different options of like even if it's on a lesser scale like yep. not on a non-epic scale right for a championship match and you have to go with bucks ftr because it's more epic yep. like you can do some great single stuff like yep. there are things you can do um depending on who's available at the time and that's at this point the availability is a little bare they you could know, even just... do i mean if they get danielson back they could even do like a weird uh like like a wrestlemania 10 type thing with moxley danielson yuda where like the two, the three of them all wrestle each other like not in a tri- triple threat match but like each of them in two singles matches type deal you know yeah uh, like open the show with danielson yuda uh winner and then you have like mox yuda later on and then 
or Mark Danielson at the end of the because show. Because they were born in because they were born in blood. What if Danielson just wants to have a go at Moxley again? Right, right. I mean, you could. There's sl- so many things they could do. You could yeah. slide Danielson in, and it's but even that. That's if he comes back. <laughs> you know, like I did. Like, I did like the heelishness he came off with when he made his announcement. I agree. Where he's like, he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm right. like, ah, gotcha. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's our first installment of Push Book release. I think it's a fun one. We'll try. Uh, I, I try to keep it three guys kind of in the same spot you know like i didn't want to do like... i've got a harder one for you okay Fuego, serpentico or uh god who is that other one uh kip sabian one... <laughs> or kip sabian at ringside push book release <laughs> well the tough part there is i gotta push one of them so. <laughs> i release kip sabian um i thought he already was released but um <laughs> It's such a shame, man. They got to do something with that man. Right. He was sitting there ringside the I whole mean, bunch. The dude us. gets flown to every show. Are we even sure it's him at this point? Like, <laughs> like, are they really paying for a flight for him to put a box on his head? It's <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> it's it's the muscular Cesaro cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that we forgot about that. Everyone thought that there was a plant, and it was uh, a cameraman who yeah. looked like Cesaro, who looked like Claudio. And Claudio came out and kind of like hugged the guy when he showed up. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. All right, let's I go to our questions. Got... Oh, yeah, go ahead. All right, so, uh, Andrew, during the trios match involving the Young Bucks and Darby Allen, Excalibur claimed that this was the first time ever that Darby had been in the ring with the Bucks in a match, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, while many dream matches have already come true, what's an AEW match that we have yet to see that you are dying to feast your eyes on? So you have an answer. Why don't you share what your answer was? I teased it, but I really want to see at least 14 to 12 minutes of it on Rampage. Uh Kunsuke, uh Takeshita, easy for me to say, <laughs> versus uh, Swerve Strickland. Give him about 12 to 14 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Takeshita is like, just like such a hidden surprise, right? There's big, there's bigger fish to fry. There's, you know, Punk and Dragon and, uh, <clears throat> you know, Cole and Punk. We haven't seen that yet. Yep. MJF versus other people. Like, there's other, but I, on a smaller scale, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Um, I'll go with, oh man, I had my answer written down. It's deleted. Mm. Was it Matt Hardy? No, it was, <laughs> oh, he was in the Battle Royal, by the way. Um, he, he still gets a pop. You know, he mm-hmm. still gets that entrance pop, but he, he's basically relegated to do it. I think his uh, elimination from the Battle Royal was uh, botched, by the way. I think he was supposed really? to hang on a little longer. And he like slipped and then yeah he got a little too close to the floor so they were like okay I'm all, I'm out <laughs> yeah um okay uh, since my answer is not where it was let me think of something new okay a match it hasn't so my thought was Miro and Darby Allen but th- we have seen that match <laughs> uh, because like I, I I'll give you an easy one Eddie Kingston is, and Claudio yeah yeah. I mean, we've seen it on the indies in Chikara, but not in AEW. Here's what I'll go with. I, I want to see Claudio Miro because I think Miro is – when he's being booked regularly, he might be one of my favorite, like my top three guys in the company. I really, really love his act, and I think he does some good power stuff, and I think Claudio can like take him to that next level. He's, he's, he can't get there on his own just yet. Uh, he's a good wrestler. He's not like top-tier wrestler. I can acknowledge that. But I would love to see them in like a power brawl. So Claudio, did we have that WWE? I'm sure they had to wrestle WWE, right? Claudio and Rusev. 
Oh, had to. They had I mean, to they was. were on Raw together a couple of times. I'd have to yeah. imagine. So I'll give you one more just out of nowhere. I, it just popped up in my head. Brody King and Wardlow. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Hoss fight USA. Yeah. Mm, gross. I don't think they've wrestled one another yet. Uh, yeah, Brody King has not wrestled very much at all. Um, no. He had that rogues gallery of giants. Like, I'm, one of them was w morrissey yeah you know but uh, it wasn't brody king yeah no yeah all right uh if blood and guts turned out not to be a two-ring cage but <laughs> but instead was the classic nickelodeon obstacle course guts would i have been disappointed are you asking me if i would have been disappointed if the aggro crag was in the building <laughs> you don't know me at all andrew what if the talking temple was on the other side <laughs> if, if tony Cowan came out and said do, do, do you have it i would have <laughs> lost my mind it would it would have been a it would have been a harder landing off that off that uh the 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 padding than it would have been for Chris Jericho in the first flooding guys. <laughs> if they had padding all over the like guts, I think everyone would have fallen off the cage. Right. <laughs> I think Mad I think Daddy Magic would have been like, oh, well, time for me to take a dive. <laughs> all for the Agro Craig, which is the new title, the Agro Craig Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Go where's, a piece of the aggro crag. Where's the aggro crag at? Where is it located? Is it between the Pacific Ocean and yeah, the Atlantic? Is, is, is it all Atlantic or is that be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you and I, we were blessed to grow up in the uh, generation of great Nickelodeon children's oh, games. the shows, Snick man. years, yes. Yeah, the Snick years, the Nick like Guts was awesome. Um, you mentioned Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, even yeah. Double Dare was like the kind of like but, you the, know, the there grandfather are of it all. Too like like I didn't grow up watching like I was older when like the Angry Beavers came out and yeah. Ed Ed and Eddie and like um, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. I didn't watch it. Like, yeah. So there's like there's another generation after us right. that's like they're just as like acclimated to classic Nickelodeon cartoons. Yeah, I. Man, those game shows were so darn cool, though. Like, every, every person, every kid who grew yeah. up during that time wanted to be on one of those shows. Uh, what show did you want to be on the most? The arcade one. Nick Arcade, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The arcade, dude. I just wanted to run around and play Street Fighter 2 all day. Yep, I wanted to be on Nick Arcade so bad, dude. I was like, I'll win. I will win Nick Arcade. But then it was so hard when you had to do the thing where you were, like, in the game itself. Like, everyone I, so badly at that. I will give you the craziest random thing of all time. When my wife was younger and she was in Orlando, she actually did an audition for all that. Oh, that is awesome. She was in the same room as a guy who was on all that called named Josh Server. Hmm, I'll have to Google him. Yeah, uh, but he was on he was on the original cast and she was in the room with him when he auditioned at the same time. Then one more, then I guess we'll get back to our wrestling questions. And are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it was not a Nickelodeon game show, but I would have loved to have gone on Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Okay. The game I remember show. that show. Yeah. Hit it, Rockapella. Doop-a-doop-bid. <laughs> can, can we have an AEW match where someone steals the clown's nose? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Man, are you afraid of the dark hosted by Malachi Black? Would be awesome. Submitted, <laughs> submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, and then he just sprays the mist into the, <laughs> into the into fire. The fire. <laughs> oh gosh! Hey, Andrew, Spotify is getting in on this Stranger Things. Are you watching Stranger Things? By the way, I um, I'm almost done. It's okay. long. It, it is long. long, man. It's as long <laughs> as an AEW pay per view. 
<laughs> or WrestleMania 32, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, Spotify is getting in on the Stranger Things phenomenon by promoting a playlist that chooses the song that could get you out of a catatonic trance, uh, like what happens with uh, Max in season four. Uh, her song is Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. If you needed to use a wrestling theme to get you out of any funk, what would your wrestling theme be? It doesn't Man. have to be AEW. Oh, it doesn't have to be AEW? No. Ooh. Uh, you're because my laugh. answer is not AEW. Okay, I'll give you one that's really funny. Like, like get, just get me out of a funk, like, make me laugh. I'm an ass man. <laughs> just a funny, funny, stupid song. I'm an ass man. I just picture, I just picture you, like, in this house as Vecna approaches you, Andrew. It is time. And your body levitates to the sky. Doo, doo. I'm an ass man. <laughs> I want to squeeze him. It's a funny song, man. And Real American's a banger still. I know yeah. that. I know he, I know Hulk Hogan's been canceled about five times over now. But sure. Real American is still an amazing song. Oh, yeah. Great song. Um, For me, I just thought of, like, what's the most, like, fun, like, Sami Zayn's NXT theme, and I don't know if it's a theme he still uses or not. I love like that ska. Do, 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 do. They changed it. Do, do. Oh, that's they took a, it away from him. That's horrible. I love that song. And all those old NXT themes are so great, but the Sami Zayn one um, was great. Um, and if I want to go with an older one, maybe like Jive Soul Bro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jive Rav Soul Bro. Roots, uh... Ravishing Rick Rude's, like, Motown version in WCW. Oh, okay. See, they're ravishing. Ow! <laughs> yeah, great okay. song. So what's a theme that would make you say, take me, Vecna, so I don't have to hear this anymore? And why is it Steiner-lined? <laughs> <laughs> um, American Males. American I, I, Males. I already used that one in the past. God, that song is oh, the God. worst. Uh, to go against Real American, the WCW bad version of American Made. WCW Bad He's American Oh, man. yeah. America! Oh. <laughs> the worst. Oh. Fucking worst. Gosh. And then, and then, like, Billy Kidman's random music that he had. Like, uh, I mean, I did just, there's a bunch of them. But, like, for AEW, I'll be honest, Tarzan's a banger. That, yeah. that closes our show all the yeah. time. It's a, it's a great song. There's times where <laughs> I think about switching out our two songs, like our intro and our outro, but I'm like, eh. No, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to beat uh, cult of personality and a crazy hard, story about Kate Bush. I read she's made two million dollars in residuals in the last month on Holy that. Holy crap! I believe it Unbelievable, though. Unbelievable, huh? It's such an earwig song. Like yeah, like uh, like my son watches uh, Stranger Things. He's seventeen and he downloads the playlist. You know, like have you ever seen the video of the two um african-american kids who are listening to phil collins in the air tonight for the first time yeah and then the drum beat drops and they're like oh my god <laughs> i know because at first they're like okay what is this because it's phil collins love, voice you know almost like old wrestling matches like you know it's hard to say because they're so these younger fans are so desensitized yeah i would love to just show them an old match that they have never seen right Something and just wild. watch the reactions right yeah uh let's talk about sharks for a second um by the way, as I was reading these questions earlier, we get to some shark questions. I think Shark Boy had a match on Impact not that long ago. What? I, I was he s- drinking beer? I don't know. I don't know if it was like 
if they showed like a from the vault thing, but like it was Shark Boy, but he had like a big gut now. So maybe think I, it was more recent. I will give a shout out to an AEW wrestler who we already mentioned before had done some had dabbled back into Impact, obviously being you know having Canadian citizenship. Frankie Kazarian had a great main event match on TV against Chris Sabin. Hmm. Cool. Like a very like above average match by Impact standards. Awesome. Um, the reason I mentioned Sharks is because AEW talents will be involved in some crossover promotion with Discovery to promote, you guessed it, Shark Week. I still remember Step Brothers, but that's Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> so who, which shark do you think would fit in most with all elite wrestling? King Shark from the Suicide Squad, Shark Boy, uh, who we just mentioned, <laughs> Baby Shark, or the host of Shark Tank? I think by default it's King Shark because of the WB alliance, but yeah. Baby Shark, keep Baby Shark away from AEW. Baby. Yeah. That Baby Shark is going to be bleeding in no time. Yeah, <laughs> last last episode of the one before, we said, what song would you want playing on a loop during your match? Oh, and I forgot I forgot one. Left Fin Shark from the Katy Perry half Punch <laughs> show. <laughs> oh, that should man. be Hangman Page. <laughs> Yeah, he re- rips off his mask to reveal it's... <laughs> left shark. <laughs> yeah, left shark. Uh, I'll, I'll, mm, I'll pick something different. I'll say Shark Tank, uh, just because I'd love to see Mark Cuban get tossed off the cage. And as he's falling <laughs> down, he just goes, I'm out! <laughs> um, uh, Can you count, like, can you, like, one by one count how many times you've heard Baby Shark in your life? Uh, my wife runs an in-home daycare, so I can't count that high. <laughs> <laughs> this episode will be 700 hours long because i'll still be counting yeah. <laughs> a lot oh dude. quite a few times a, a few times. lot um it's it's not the worst song to play all the time you know what i mean it's no, not like Wheel it's, in the not, Bus it's or kind anything. of fun there's a song that the kids like to hear a lot uh by i think it's called like goo goo kangaroo is the group and it's uh everybody poops and Everybody poops, poops. It's something. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a crazy. I'll tell you another crazy local yokel story. Um, the Imagination Movers. Um, oh yeah. Are are from here. Oh really? Okay. They do live shows here all the time. Yep. I uh I I remember the Imagination Movers. Yep. Oh, when you have when you have that infant, you <laughs> learn a lot of the kids show. Oh, you yeah. learn your. You learned yo, yo Gabba Gabba. I just saw an Airbnb commercial where they were doing the Party in My Tummy song, and I got PTSD all of a sudden. Like, oh, my God, it's 3 in the morning, and Carson <laughs> won't go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, my boys are older than, than your daughter, but... Uh, For those who don't know, it is, it's the Party in My Tummy. So yummy, so yummy. I just remember Noggin uh, had, like, Lori Berkner and the Lori Berkner band, like, we are the dinosaurs. Oh, that could be Luchasaurus' theme. <laughs> we are the dinosaurs. What do you think of that? Roar! <laughs> Maybe Yo Gabba Gabba should show up. Remember when Rick and Morty's doll showed up on AEW? That was lame. Yeah, yeah, that was We dumb. need to have, we need to have a kid's, we need to have a kid's mascot show up on AEW and get bludged to death. Hmm. But not Baby Shark, because Baby Shark's cool. Probably we like, need to find one that's more easy to cancel. Yeah, like uh, the the Neverland Jake and the Neverland Pirates or something. <laughs> oh man, you really try for fan. treason or something. Barney. Yeah, I hated Barney. Barney sucked, dude. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, how about this one? Uh, the, in the All-Atlantic Championship match uh, at the pay-per-view, they did a Tower of Doom spot, which is uh, something that like was kind of consistent in multi-man matches for years. TNA was like the, the staple for it. Uh, I see You see it a lot still in WWE, like women's multi-man Sometimes matches. Sometimes, right. Uh, yep. Don't see it a lot in AEW, though. Uh, simple question. Do you like the Tower of Doom spot or no? Uh, I like it when... I like it when there's like at least some 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 sort of purpose building up to it. Kind of like when I still love the spot where they look like they're going to do a table spot, they get away from it, then it comes back like uh like Chekhov's cat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I kind of like when they go back to it. I hate the super overcomplicated. Like that's why I hate those tie-up stomp moves cuz it literally takes the other person lifting their body up to yep. get stomped. Yeah. Like it's just dumb. Yeah. Like that's the only thing about Tower of Doom. It just looks dumb because who would put themselves in a situation like that? So you got to make sure to be careful with how you do it. The one thing I will say about Tower of Doom, I've never been a wrestler, but it does look like a fairly safe move. It, it, I don't mm-hmm. think you hurt yourself doing it too terribly. If I agree. You just, if you're synced up right. When I first saw it, when I saw it for the first time in TNA on FS1, I thought it was the most amazing thing I ever saw. Or oh, yeah. It's so creative. I it was great. Um, the thing that got adopted by TNA, other than a bunch of other things uh, that has become indie darlings, is the, the freaking Destroyer. Like, everybody does the Destroyer now. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. who was it that did, like, a crazy Destroyer on Dynamite? Was it one of the Aussie Open guys? Um... Yeah, I think it was yeah. him, and dude, I'll tell you who's a master at it as well, other than the Lucha Brothers, is Jungle Boy. Yep. Jungle Boy hits it perfectly. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Andrew, there's a concern in Disney right now. Oh, no. Uh, Mickey Mouse's trademark is actually going to expire soon after nine. By the way, let me pause. I read a conspiracy theory today, and it was like conspiracy theories that you think to be true. And it said that they believe Disney made the movie Frozen so that when you Google Disney Frozen, the first thing that doesn't come up come up is that Walt Disney is cryogenically frozen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to the question. Uh, Mickey Mouse's trademark will soon expire after 95 years, which would put the character's use in public domain. Um, have you seen this Winnie the Pooh movie that's coming out, by the way? No. <laughs> so no. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, well, Winnie the Pooh just exp- – they're yeah. for those who don't know, what happens is trademarks, regardless of whether they're owned by a company in years and years, after like 90 to 100 years, they expire. And this happens a lot with poetry and Shakespeare. Like mm-hmm. anyone can use it and not be afraid of being sued. Yeah, you can't get sued. And it's right. happened with Winnie the Pooh. And after we get the line here, look it up. They're making this weird, grotesque Winnie the Pooh horror movie now. <laughs> is it directed by Ron DeSantis? <laughs> it's called Don't Say It. <laughs> Don't no, poo. But it really is. There really is this weird Winnie the Pooh movie coming out uh, on pictures. Um, oh, funny crap. <laughs> but, okay, so uh, public domain. Mickey Mouse is up for grabs. He could be all elite at any moment. Um, which legendary century-old figure would you like to see as a wrestling character without fear of being sued? I think the obvious joke answer of a century-old character would be Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> well buddy rogers must be coming up soon so anybody yeah, can right? call himself nature boy now doesn't rick didn't rick flair get mad because becky lynch called herself the main yeah and like yeah. threatened to sue i remember that yeah and apparently um, he was just in the news because they put the woo back in back in the montage yeah and he like said it's the greatest thing anyone's ever done for what a him. what a snowflake but um <laughs> the uh <laughs> 
he's got his last match coming up. We still don't know who it is. I heard a rumor it might be Jay Lethal. But um, Ugh. anyways, uh, Orville Redenbacher. Oh, okay. dude, it's, dude, instead, <laughs> instead of like like uh, um, opening a can of whoop ass, he's opening a bag of popcorn on people. Can I go with Paul Bunyan? Is, is that <laughs> the oatmeal guy? Right. Um, the I don't Quaker Oats guy? Quaker. I want to see him blade. I want to see him blade and just oatmeal pours out of his the, the blade in the Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other, like, old-timeys, like, um, Betty Boop. Yeah, Maybe Betty, Betty Boop can win the AEW yeah, she beat Jade, beat Jade Car. She could be a baddie, baddie Betty Boop. <laughs> <laughs> baddie Betty Boop. <laughs> Man, if she did a diving headbutt, though, like, that would be really well, dangerous. Let's, be, let's, let's get real. Like... Okay, can I let's let's be honest. We're all we're gonna be dead, but well, yeah. <laughs> in, in fifty years, in fifty or sixty years, when Hulk Hogan, Boston, Superman, Batman, all those are public domain, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen in wrestling? Um. Now John Cena is gonna be. We'll be dead, so we can't podcast about it. <laughs> No, that's wild. Like, are we going to have another Hulk Hogan, and his just name is Hulk Hogan? Yeah, maybe it's just all we'll all reset. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, kind of like kind of like the cinematic universe. We just redo it. Oh, here's Robert Pattinson now. Yeah, so we're we're we're, we're we're closing. We're almost at the halfway point of WrestleMania before anybody can have a WrestleMania at this point, right? Right. So. Well, I mean, there's got to be some sort of pocket copyright protection, but like the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure that. Super Bowl will not be public domain at some point. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, if anybody can figure it out, it'll be Disney. Like, I can't imagine Mickey Mouse becoming public domain. Like, No, it's supposedly that's become a sounding board for Republicans because of the 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 stuff. It's not it's it's not it's not even into, but it has to do with an, a Republican uproar over Disney, and they're trying to threaten to take away the Mickey Mouse copyright. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't cancel anybody. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, back on uh, basketball a little bit. Uh, my Detroit Pistons have been making a lot of moves in this offseason and in the draft. They were kind of the talk of the draft with some savvy moves, and then since then they've been taking on a lot of these Knicks contracts. Uh, but one of the rumors all along has been that they are getting ready to offer a max offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton, which, you know, there's positives and negatives of that. Uh, basically, if you're listening, you don't know what a max offer sheet is. It's the most money that you can offer a player. Like you can't just say we'll pay you five hundred million dollars. There, there's a limit that players can be offered, and it's based and it's off how long. It's usually a young, yeah. young player, someone yeah. in their first four years. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yep. based off how long they've been in the league, and even like where they've been. Like certain contracts allow the team that they were with to offer the most versus new teams. Yeah, it's usually twenty five percent of yeah. the salary max, yeah, the salary cap. Uh, having said all that. Uh, wrestler on the younger side that you would throw a quote max offer sheet at uh, AEW or otherwise. So you know, let's let's say Tony Khan's offering this max. Uh, does he offer it to someone that's already there, or you looking at somebody on the WWE side? Um, man, you know what? I mean, the, I'll give you a WWE one in a second, but the one in AEW, boy, this is gonna. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to say Eddie Kingston, but he's he's too like that he's wouldn't older. be an, yeah that wouldn't be an offer sheet type of person. It'd be a younger guy. We kind of talked about this with the push book release thing, um, but I want to kind of go with a different name. Man, I go Will Osprey. 
Okay, yeah, that's really I go good. Will Ospreay. And I'll say this one, and I'll give this dude credit, Theory. Theory is 24 years old, and that's how. And he's already gotten far in WWE, so shout out to that guy. Sorry, my phone was just buzzing like crazy there. Um, oh, I just got a max offer sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the fan in me says the acclaimed, but I know that that's not really the best choice. Um, do you think I'm crazy if my answer is Jungle Boy? No. No, like, he I, just has to work on his promos, but I think that's yeah. the purpose of this Christian Cage feud. Yeah, like I, I don't think we've seen him even scratch the surface of how good he's gonna get. Um, I think he. Could I be wanted good for to a say Takeshita, but it's just too, it's too hard to say. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, and then WWE side, hmm, I don't know. I, I don't really know the product well the enough. The easiest one to say that because he's young is MJF. But the thing about MJF is. Dude, that's a dude you don't go with like twenty five percent of the salary cap. You go for thirty percent. Right, right. You give that dude everything. Yeah, this is more guys it. coming off their rookie contracts for their. Yeah, next I think to be honest with you, I think MJF had already surpassed that level when he got there. I agree. Yep. You know, like right from the start, he felt like he belonged with the guys who everybody knew when the company started. So and that's confirmed, yeah. right? <clears throat> All right, we got two more questions. Um, uh, there's a Netflix movie uh, starring Adam Sandler called Hustle. Uh, it's a basketball movie. Did you like it? It was okay. Yeah, I thought it was I fine. thought the story – I thought they told a great story. Yeah. Uh, but the main character in it is a German – and like a legit NBA player, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, uh, yeah. who is not really in the league. Is he on a team right now? He just got cut by the Jazz. Okay. So – because they just treated Rudy Gobert and they're blowing it up. But he he plays the role of this undiscovered talent um, that takes the league by storm, essentially. Uh, if we flip that over to wrestling, what is the most unrealistic portrayal of a wrestler in a wrestling movie? Like like a character in a movie where the the character is a wrestler. Um, <laughs> what do you think is the most unrealistic wrestler? I mean, the most realistic is Mickey Rourke as the wrestler. You Dude, know? Randy the Ram had Randy a the Ram. set. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you watch those matches, it was Ernest Miller. I don't remember what he called himself in the in the movie, but um, like the Sheik or something like that. Yeah, or, something like that. But dude, he can he he had some moves. Yeah. He got off the top rope. I mean, he's got a bad ticker. He probably died at the end, but we don't know. Yeah, but yeah, it's like a Sopranos ending. <laughs> um, this one, I mean, I might steal the easiest one, but who cares? Oliver Platt as me the king yeah. and ready to rumble. Yeah. That does not look like a professional wrestler. He he has a bad look. It's a stupid gimmick to be the world champion to. Like what company is going to make He looks a like as JT Rosero would call a big fat slappy pig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like a British like uh King Arthur type character. Like it's a stupid character. Like yeah. I think that might be the right answer. Um I was trying to think of other wrestlers yeah. Portrayed like Thunderlips. The late tiny one. little. I was kind of picking on him, but you know he did oh, look Zeus? like. A, yeah. Yeah. It's a little unrealistic because like he just re- legitimately wanted to murder everyone. <laughs> it was and it was wanna, raw underground. <laughs> and you want to say David Arquette? But here's the real skinny. David Arquette became a wrestler. Yeah. There's a documentary. It's, it's like a, a death one. match I think it's called, a called "You Can't Kill David Arquette." He literally does background uh, backyard matches. <clears throat> I feel like there's somebody we're missing, and I'm just not thinking of it. Oh, like, I'm sure. A body I, slam where that 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 actor 
was probably from some '80s T show. Was against uh, going up against the head shrinkers. Yeah, like I'm trying. <laughs> I keep thinking of like wrestlers who play non wrestling roles, like when the under- Undertaker was in uh, Suburban Commando as one of the goons. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of a badly booked wrestler. I, I don't know. Oh, Triple H and Blade Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the Chaperone. <laughs> How about the Big Show and the Big Show Show? <laughs> There's so many bad WWE films, it's not even fair. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, their their batting average is so low. I bet you Florence Pugh could probably be a better female wrestler at this point <laughs> than some of the ones they got right now. Uh, Andrew, we've got one last question for you. Oh, no. <laughs> Who would you rather be scissored by, the Acclaimed and the Gun Club? Or, I'm sorry, the Acclaimed, the Gun Club, or Lorena Bobbitt? Okay, is it a real scissors? Uh, no. Okay. The, uh, the acclaim's okay. Okay. How about Brutus? What if we threw Brutus the Barber Beefcake into the mix? That's a shear. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you're sheared. Man, what if the gun club comes out with Brutus Beefcake this week on Dynamite? Like, to Oops. combat... Daddy gun the scissor, on him. yeah, to try to get to try to get Billy to go our, to the our side. Our <laughs> the barber's got his giant shears. They're they're gonna have to do a joke about running with scissors at some point, oh, like yeah. in, this, in this angle where it's like you're running with scissors. Like they're do the scissors, and it's, someone falls down, and he accidentally like imaginary scissors him, and he pretends to be stabbed. <laughs> communication um you know i was thinking about this because we have so many of these um true crime series coming out based on events we haven't seen one about lorena bobbitt no yeah now do people want to see it um yeah we just had one about pamela anderson's sex tape that was seven episodes long and everyone watched it so yes i think people would watch a series about lorena bobbitt i think we might have to wait until it's public domain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean the thing or the the act? <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing. <laughs> Can they do a scissors on a pole match? But it's an imaginary scissors, so there's nothing on a pole. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I think this is all building to a Billy Gun on a pole match. <clears throat> Winner gets Billy Gun, or loser gets Billy Gun. Dude, do you see how built he is? He can't hang on that pole. Dude, he's so gigantic. It's Crazy. Dude, he is huge. I remember he wrestled Darby Allen on Rampage. I was like, God, Darby Allen looks like a midget compared to Billy Gunn. <laughs> I think Billy Gunn might be Luchasaurus. It's just, we're not sure. <laughs> Dark Luchasaurus. Darkasaurus. Darkasaurus. I like Lucha Canasaurus. Because he's clearly like a cane character now, but. Correct. Uh, but yeah, Andrew, I mean, that's uh, kind of where we finish things off with our questions. You know, uh, if you're listening, um, you know, we're kind of heading into the, uh, we've talked about this. All it does seem to be their WrestleMania, their biggest show of the year. So I guess we're headed into that season. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how foot, to, you know, how heavy they put out on the gas pedal. You know, it's like, are we like a breakneck pace from, from now to all out? Or are we going to kind of have like a little holding pattern, like slowly get there? Um, yeah. And, and we didn't too, <clears throat> talk terribly much about like you know what they're doing with SummerSlam. i don't and that's in the end of july but i don't think that necessarily in july it is it's it's at it's on july 30th or july 31st it's in nashville tennessee Hmm. but i don't know if the aw is really terribly concerned about the ratings and going up against uh you know the uh, the build-up to SummerSlam. so like i don't think they have this like i don't know if they feel this desire like we need a pump out a good show 
But you know what, Jordan? I'll, I do have to say, the Blood and Guts episode, regardless of the fact that it only had but one giant match in the second hour and just a few spare matches in the first, that got a million viewers. Yep. You know, so it if you have we said this before if you have a hot show it's gonna for aw standards it's gonna probably be over a million so maybe they will have this desire of like you know people think we're gonna temper our expectations let's just ramp it up a little bit and surprise people yeah i agree um but yeah I, I, we're kind of on the road to off and uh i feel like tonight was a lot of recap and not a lot of looking forward but that's because we just kind of turned down to that road like we just we just put the address into the gps and we're pulling out of the driveway you yes, I mean? Tony. Like, to, Tony. Tony is just lined the first line of cocaine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and I'm thinking we might have a little bit more direction. One direction uh, we didn't even talk about: I, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Right. That's going to be a match. Uh, yes. That they'll probably have it all out. So, I mean. Oh, by uh, the way, I don't even think we talked this Christian Cage's promo. Holy oh, crap! Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's so good in this role. He and eviscerated he, Jungle Jack. Perry's family. Good yeah, <laughs> like in Detroit, he came out and said, "I have to apologize for saying I wish his, for saying I was glad his father is dead. The truth is, I wish all of you were dead." <laughs> <laughs> and he's got that turtleneck with the tangerine suit. Yes, it's looking so like the tacky. biggest douchebag you've ever seen in your life. He really does look bad, but yeah, uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun getting there. And it's kind of funny because as we get to all out, we get to one year with our. Uh, this is 22 episodes in, so we're 44 out of 52 weeks, man. I'm counting down because I feel like that one year mark is a, a big deal for us. We'll have Justin you, on the show. You to, might get a double shot of us in the next few yeah, weeks. Maybe we'll knows? bring Justin on the show to tell us how great we are. Justin, if you're listening, <laughs> carve out a couple hours to push book and don't release us, all right? <laughs> so, but hey uh thanks for listening as always uh andrew thanks for being with me and chatting it up with me i appreciate all the work you no do problem. on the back end that people don't see if people get a look at all the notes you put in man a lot of these questions uh you write probably 95 percent of them so i do appreciate all the work you do and i just enjoy no talking problem. to you about wrestling man it's a it's a lot of fun so it's been fun yes it has, it has. And, and, and we're gonna keep doing it as long as it's fun so as long as aw is fun you gotta put up with us sorry that's just the rules